Talk Show. Recorded live. Hello, SimWorld. Uh, welcome to the A-plus Player Podcast. I am your host this evening, Banks, um, coming to you from Casa Banks in the basement. Uh, I'm joined tonight by uh, two um, fan favorites of the podcast. Sean is a new member of uh, the Sim League, but he's... Uh, becoming a veteran to our podcast. Uh, Sugar Sean, welcome uh, back to the A-plus player podcast. Man, I think this makes you your third appearance. I, yeah, I think so. Thank you. I am glad to be here. It's a lot of fun doing these, so glad to be part of it. Yeah, man, I think it's cool to just shoot shit and talk Sim League and collect, you know, 5K to, you know, be some of your players. Uh, it's, it's good stuff, man. So welcome once again. Um, and we're welcoming back uh, Heebs. Uh, long time since you've been on the podcast, Heeb. You've been a busy man. Uh, that's understandable. We're glad to have you back. So welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Hey, thanks. Thanks. It's great to be back. Good to be uh, part of the A-plus player podcast, Talking Sim League. Yeah, man. It's exciting times. Um, you know, it's been a long time since you've uh, been on the podcast, Heebs. But I think you probably the last time you were on the podcast, or one of the last times, it was probably the start of the Thunder Run. So the more things uh, change, the more they seem to stay, they stay the same. Uh, the Thunder are still our reigning, uh, defending, and you know, juggernaut uh, franchise uh, of the Sim League, uh, winning another title this off season. Um, uh, we'll jump in and, and just general thoughts on the Thunder guys. Um, and you know, I don't want to bog down and make this a depressing podcast, but uh, they've been knocked off a couple of times by the Lakers and some other of the top teams out west. Um, how much of a longer of a run do you think they're going to have? And, and your general thoughts on on their window? I'll throw it to Heaps first on that. Yeah, I mean, I think their window is really as long as they can manage their cap with, you know, Sharif, Aaron, and Quentin. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's a really good starting three, and they should be able to continue to add uh, cheap players around them on MLEs or otherwise. I think they're going to eventually need to move, um, maybe Vlade, maybe Justin Anderson, um, get a couple of those bigger contracts off their books so that they can continue to add MLEs and uh, make trades here or there. But I think they're going to be, um, you know, a, a contender in the West for the next four or five years, frankly. I, I, you know, with some smart cap management, um, he should be able to keep that, that, that core together. Uh, Sean, your thoughts, uh, your impressions, all you've known is, is Thunder dominance. Um, you know, I think some people saw the free agents. Uh, he ended up uh, giving out a pretty big uh, contract, um, you know, to, you know, I don't I don't want to say his stars because Sharif, uh, Sharif and, and Super Twin are going to get the ba- major money, but he did uh, uh, unload a pretty hefty deal, um, you know, for uh, his secondary players, which might close up his window. Your thoughts on, on the Thunder? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much in agreement with Hebes that just, you know, looking at what he did this offseason with, you know, locking those two up long term, that that's going to at least make him a contender, if not the favorite, still moving forward just based on having those two locked up long term. Uh, But then also having, you know, along with them, having Quentin Richardson, having Vlade locked up, you know, he's pretty set at least for the next few years still. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, going back to uh, just the off season a little bit, guys. We had the the draft go down. Um, you know, we've been able to see a rookie TC. Um, you know, overall, it seems like uh, you know it's been a typical um, soup type uh, rookie class. Nobody, you know, nobody really exploding. 
uh, too much. You know, he always has one or two guys here that are, that look pretty good. Um, I guess this year, the the you know the main star out of the rookie class looks like it's going. To, I mean, as far as uh, TC was concerned, uh, is um, you know Sandor. He went plus six. But it looks like the best rookie out of the class may be Jimmy Chitwood, who went, uh, you know, second overall to the Sixers. Um, you know, Sean, your thoughts of, of the rookie class after the first training camp and the first couple of sims on the season. Uh, Chitwood is uh, mighty impressive. Uh, led the league in scoring here for the first few sims. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with what he has done so far. I mean, he is getting, you know, he's putting in the bucket a ton. I think he's averaging uh, – close to 40 points a game right now. What is it, like 38.6? I mean, so uh, you can't really argue with what he's doing so far. It's definitely uh, more than what I expected right off the bat. I knew, you know, I think we all knew looking at those scoring grades that he'd be able to to get some numbers there, but uh, definitely uh, thought it was going to drop off, and through 21 games, uh, it has not started to yet. No, not at all. Um, Hebs, your thoughts on Jimmy? Is Do you think this is – I know I asked uh, in a thread uh, who had Jimmy to win scoring leader, and you actually did pick him to win scoring leader. So I guess my question to you is are, are you believing that Jimmy's more a, a, a more legit and this is what he's going to put up towards his career, or is this more of maybe a byproduct of there's no one else on the Sixers to score and so he's just taking every shot possible? I think it's it's two things. The 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 reason there are two reasons that I chose Jimmy Chitwood to be the scoring champion. Three reasons actually. Um, one, I looked at preseason and he did really well, so that was a good tip off. And I looked at it and I thought, well, why is he doing so well? Obviously, the Seventy Sixers are um, you know starved for talent, and he's a really good scorer. The other thing that was really interesting to me in the preseason is you know he had a D minus. Or, excuse me, D-plus handling grade, but he wasn't turning the ball over a lot. Um, and we know the D-plus, or that, that handling is mostly the passing attribute. And so I thought to myself, you know what, if we have this uh, shooting guard playing an outside offense that has really good scoring grades and doesn't pass the ball, chances are really good that he's going to score a lot of points. And he's definitely done that. Um, you know, I think otherwise he, he looks really, really great. Um, scoring grades obviously are pretty much unimpeachable. You know, you want to see that inside grade be a little bit better, but I think with time it will be. Um, the defense grade is great for a rookie B plus. That's really incredible, especially at shooting guard. You know, you really don't see high defensive grades there very often. This young uh, C rebounding is great. I, you know, if if I were Faison, I'd consider moving him to small forward just for uh, the training camps to get that inside up a little bit, to increase the rebounding a little bit more. You're going to take maybe a little hip in the three-point and jump shot, but he's already A outside, so you don't really need those attributes as much. And so, I mean, he's a great-looking prospect, definitely the best so far from this Uh, draft class. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he should only improve. I mean, he's got a shown potential. Uh, Chances are that suit made him – uh, you know, uh, with plenty of potential to to have a nice long term run, is he, in your opinion, he's the next uh, elite, elite like um, super twin type prospect in this league? Um, I mean, uh, uh, super hasn't made any super twin type prospects. Um, I think you know maybe Odin was more into like the min max hiding 
just ridiculous attributes behind mediocre grades by giving you know prospects five in particular categories. I think Soup tries to build more well-rounded players, and it shows. You know, I think we we see players that excel at certain things, but they aren't necessarily super deficient in other things, and you know they aren't just um, in, in, incredibly over the top good. Um, but I do think Jimmy Jimmy Chitwood is going to be maybe one of the best two prospects we we've seen, uh, assuming that he gets some training camp love, which you know hopefully he does. Because as a native from, of Indiana, I'd like to see the Hoosier do well. Yeah, um, we'll turn gears just a little bit here um, and talk some of the other prospects. Um, first pick overall, one one in the draft was Bob Cousy. Um, didn't have a great training. I mean, didn't have a great training camp. Didn't also have a great preseason, regular season. He seems to be a low turnover point guard. I mean, uh, 1.4 turnovers per game, addition out about seven and a half, eight assists. Um, so that's that's promising. Scoring um, looks decent. His percentages definitely have climbed as the seasons progressed. Um, your thoughts on the first overall pick? Uh, I think everybody thought it was a no-brainer. Um, doesn't look like he at this point doesn't look like he will be the best rookie out of this class. So that's not the first time I think this has happened under, um, you know, under Soup's run where people thought there was a clear one-one. And I mean, we'll talk about it in the potential free agent class. But uh, Stackhouse went later in the draft, but he looks like he's the best prospect out of this upcoming free agent class. But um, you know, your thoughts on Bob Cousy? Uh, Heaps. I mean, I was um, totally on board with him being 1-1, especially the JW or Jerry West who needed a point guard. Um, You know, he had maybe an unfortunate training camp going down to see inside. That's pretty alarming if you ask me. Uh, But at the same time, you know, I mean, you look at a player like Bob Cousy and he's, he's performing a lot better than Isaiah Thomas did his, his rookie year. Um, when you take into account, you know, sort of all the things he's doing for the team. Yeah, he's not scoring as much, but he's also not turning the ball over. He's shooting much better percentages. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, hope is not lost, but it's definitely a little bit concerning that he's not uh, putting up more points, getting more assists on this Pacers team, which is not really starved for talent with, uh, you know, Blackman and, and Aldridge and Harden. I mean, they, they do have some good players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sean, your thoughts on Kuzi and and maybe some of the other guys that went in the first round, uh, top five, top ten talent that sticks out to you so far? Um, Definitely uh, Clyde uh, Lovelet is one that comes to mind for me, that he's putting up some really nice numbers. But I know for Dill and the Houston Rockets uh, that so far he's uh, putting up uh, almost 23 points a game and 11 rebounds a game. Uh, from the center position. So I think he took him eighth overall, I think, was the slot. So uh, definitely getting a lot of production out of that. He was one of those guys that was a uh, immediate contributor and maybe not high potential guys, but then he ended up in the uh, rookie TC. I believe he got bumped from a C to a B potential. So uh, definitely something that was a huge bonus for him there that could pay off, you know, that not only is it going to be good now, but possibly have that higher potential going forward too. Yeah. Um, Lovelet actually surprised me and won the rookie of the month, uh, first time out. So, uh, you know, talk of, you know, Chitwood and, and some of these other guys that, that look a phenomenal grade wise and, and, you know, obviously Chitwood's 
putting it up stats wise. But Lovelet won Rookie of the Year for the month, uh, Rookie of the Month. So that was that was interesting that the software went that direction, not um, not giving too much love for that 38 point per game average that Chitwood is putting up. So that was kind of interesting. Um, Hebes, your thoughts on you know maybe the rest of the the top uh, you know the lotto picks at least uh, anybody that's sticking out to you. Yeah, sure. I mean, <clears throat> Arizin uh, actually looks good on your Nuggets. I'm not sure again how much of that is just not having much competition for for scoring. But uh, you know, if if uh, for a league starts starved for good uh, small forwards, it's nice to see a player uh, at small forward performing really, really well. Um, you know, besides that, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to to the rookies. Obviously, Sandor had a really great t- training camp, um, and it it looks like he is not really performing up to what you'd expect. He's shooting great percentages, but not 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 rebounding the ball particularly well um, for his grade set. And you know, defensively, he's only averaging a steal and half a block per game. So you know, maybe a little bit underwhelming given his grade set in the training camp he had. Um, the other thing that was interesting about that 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 dirt picking uh, Clegane is that he also has Willie Knowles, who's a really good-looking small forward as well. So I'll be interested to see how he manages his roster going forward. If he tries to trade one of them, tries to play sort of a a, a big roster the way that he, he did when he won a championship. Um, you know, he has some, some really good bigs in Cliff Alexander, Bob Pettit, Knowles, and Clegane. So be interested to see what, what dirt's, what's, he's thinking long-term with his roster. Yeah, I think with Nalls being six six, um, you could probably I mean he's he's a big he's gonna be a big two no matter what. I mean two thirty five, six six. He's he could I don't know if he's checked the Mets shooting guard, but that that could be an option and then you just got those two guys there. I think Sandor, I mean, he exploded as a seventeen year old. Um, you know, the sky's the limit, it looks like potential wise with this kid, you know. I think uh, these teenagers they can either have uh, huge TCs, or they kind of not do much. I think the last teenager that really blew up his first like TC or two was Jermaine O'Neal, and he's one of the best in the league at this point uh, for his position. So, um, you know, things look good for Sandor for sure. Um, I know you 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 touched on Paul, and I was a little disappointed with his training camp because I didn't notice that his scoring did go up. Um, he's having a really he had a really good uh, preseason, and he's having a good year. But like you said, my roster is pretty bare, so um, you know. Who knows how good he is, but his percentages uh, have me excited about the future on him, and and you know he's possibly going to be, uh, you know, someone that's uh, definitely cornerstone for the roster moving forward. So it's definitely not a Doc Rivers situation that I picked with my first uh, tanking pick, and he ended up being absolutely terrible right out the gate. So um, with that said, uh, any th- I know you said you didn't t- take a look at the rookies or anything like that, heaps so. I mean, I don't know if there's anyone else that sticks out you outside of uh, the first round. If if you haven't taken too much of a look, I'll throw that over to uh, to Sean and see if anybody else sticks out to Sean. Um, I mean, a guy like Hassan Whiteside is putting up uh, decent numbers there for the Celtics. I think he's you know he's averaging a double double, um, getting a little getting two blocks a game as well. So not huge blocks numbers, but I mean those are decent block numbers as a uh, rookie here. So uh, definitely going in and contributing for uh, the Celtics, which I know Dump just made a trade today. 
to try to bring in more talent that looks like he's really going to uh, push to try to make the playoffs this year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does uh, as the season goes on. Uh, he added uh, Gary Bossert. Uh, so adding him in uh, and seeing how Hassan Whiteside does as they're kind of in that playoff push. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Dump, and, and we'll get into some of these trades here. He was he had a pretty active offseason, uh, brought over Jerry Stackhouse, and then just, like you said, mentioned uh, the the Bossert deal, picking him up uh, you know, to, to solidify his wing position. I mean, he has Bossert, Stackhouse, and um, Aguirre. That's a pretty – uh, formidable uh, threesome there. You figure he's going to get a lot of punch out of one of those guys coming off the bench. It's going to be a pretty, um, you know, he's probably going to get, um, you know, matchup advantage off the bench. And, and with the new depth chart rules, who knows how, how that will pay off down the road. His team's kind of middle of the road. I think that probably has a little bit to do with this big man situation. They're young and not as developed. But um, your thoughts, Heebs, on, on dumps off season and some of the off season trades, uh, how do you like how he positioned himself? Yeah, I mean, I think Dump really did a great job um, getting some talent on that team. Um, you know, I'm not <clears throat> totally sold on on Gerald Nappy being the point guard of the future. So, you know, I, I sort of um, had this problem when I first started to to try and compete that, you know, I, I was um, relying on a substar starting point guard who actually regressed quite a bit once I signed him long-term. Um, and I think, you know, Gerald Dappy may be a player that's sort of like that, um, not really overwhelming grades. And, you know, his stats don't really jump out as being anything other than a solid starting point guard. And I think he needs a lot more than that to compete. So, you know, <clears throat> that aside, he definitely has great players in Stackhouse and Aguirre. Um, you know, he's drafted a set of really, really good bigs. And, you know, I think if he were to somehow find a way to to, to go out and get a, a legitimate starting point guard for an elite team, I think he could be a really competitive team um, in the East. So you think he's still missing a point guard? He was really on the nappy bandwagon. Um, he was pretty he was pretty adamant that Nappy was just as good, if not better, than Steve Nash in the off season. Um, you know, when some guys, including myself, brought up that I think I'd rather have Nash on his one year deal than Nappy on his long term deal. Um, you know, so you're 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 on you're with uh, with the thoughts of Nappy isn't the the final choice there. Yeah, and <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not saying that that Nappy is is better or worse than Steve Nash. You know, I mean, I think Steve Nash does a lot of things really well and has a few things he doesn't do great, uh, which, you know, most notably is defense. Um, but, you know, I I don't think Nappy is in any way elite, and I think you need an elite point guard to win championships in, in some leagues. You know, I've, you know the, 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 the Nets are sort of the... Um, prime example of that, you know, I've the Nets have a really great roster and have never had an elite point guard and they've also never won a championship. So I think uh, you know, that that sort of goes to show or is a, is an example of of that um being true. Um uh, Sean, your thoughts on, on the I know you touched on it a little bit on the Celtics moves. Uh anything you'd like to add on to that? No, uh, nothing, nothing additional really to add on to that. I mean, I took a look. It looks like, you know, just to see how his other rookie was doing things like that. Um, you know, 
looks like Ed Code has not gotten a lot of playing time, but I mean, I've I've liked the moves that he's made. That he's made. Uh, be interested to see adding a big score in Gary Bossert, how that's gonna work moving forward. Uh, just because obviously that's not something that he's he's only got so many uh, so many shots in the team, uh, and a lot of uh, guys that are gonna be wanting the ball to shoot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that if I was dump, I'd, I mean, um, I, I'd be curious to see. I, I just, I think his big guys probably take away too many shots. I mean, uh, Thomas is is averaging 15 a game, and Whiteside is averaging 11. Both of them don't shoot uh, great percentages, and they don't shoot, and they shoot, and they're kind of average from the free throw line. So, um, you know, they're getting, they're they're taking a lot of touches. It'll be curious when he. He has another volume shooter. What happens with the the, the shot breakdown on his roster? Um, you know, Nappy's another one that's uh, you know he's he's twenty point per game scorer. You would think that that might come down. I'd just be curious to see how the the Celtics uh, you know uh, you know form form down the road and gel down the road. They definitely don't. Uh, their scoring and their their point differential is not very not very big, and they're under five hundred teams. So. Uh, it's curious where dumping this roster goes. I, I didn't think Bossert was a position he needed to add in. Um, I thought that's a little bit of overkill, but we'll see. That contract is not uh, very pleasant moving down the road, but if he retires, then, you know, he's he's saved himself a little bit there. Um, you know, just my general thoughts on the whole Celtics moves. Um, Hebes, I'm going to throw it to you. Anybody else in the off season? Uh, make some moves for the better that impressed you uh, via trade, uh, even in free agent market, uh, made some wise decisions. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if if it was necessarily wise or a no-brainer, but, you know, I was um, happy for the Trailblazers that they got Ronald Savage. You know, obviously that just sucks for Victor because Savage is – a legit superstar. Um, you know, he's a 30-point scorer who averages nearly double-digit rebounds, defends really well, passes the ball well, doesn't turn it over, and shoots great percentages. He doesn't have a single weakness in his game, is what I'm saying. And so, uh, you know, that that was obviously a really, really big signing for the Trailblazers, you know, um, to lose someone like Ray Allen and say they actually upgraded at a position is mind-boggling, but they did. Um, you know, I think they're better at shooting guards this season than they were last. Uh, the Suns, obviously, by by signing Ray Allen, sort of, um, you know, elongated their window to be competitive. You know, if they can do something next off season and sign somebody or somehow finagle a trade to to get a point guard, um, you know, they could continue to be competitive. Um, I I don't think that Ankley was expecting Oscar to retire as soon as he did and sort of neuter that roster completely, but. I think that signing Ray Allen was um, a really fortuitous event. As far as anybody else that's really Im- impressed me uh, in trade, I, I, nothing's jumping jumping to mind. There haven't been any sort of blockbuster trades um, recently. No, it hasn't. Theme, I think the so. last major star to go, I mean, I don't know if you'd call him major. I think Stackhouse has probably been the best player to go recently, and then before that it was probably Conley. So it's been a while since a really, really elite player that I can think of off the top of my head has been traded. I think most of the, this league is wise to not moving 
um, you know, really great players. I think um, another player that might, I guess, register for some people, it just, I, I think a couple of years ago, his stock was kind of low and it's, it's slowly regained since his run with the, the Nuggets and, and moving forward. But uh, McCarthy, uh, Walter McCarthy, has uh, been pretty good and he got recently moved too. So that's another deal that, um, you know, again, not a huge blockbuster, but it's definitely something, uh, you know, that the Magic went ahead and moved and, and made a move for. So um, Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, I <clears throat> I do think McCarty's good. Um, and is he a free agent coming up? I, I forget. I, I He must not be. Um, yeah, he is. Oh, he, he is. is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think this, this this upcoming free agency class for small forwards, so the preview, I'm sure, a topic we'll discuss later, is, is really great. And McCarty is, you know, one of the headliners, and, you know, that's that's a really great pickup. Uh, for the Raptors, and I'm a little bit surprised actually that they're not performing better than than they are uh, with the roster that they have. You know, I, th- there's no real weakness on that team, and the East, you know, it isn't particularly strong. It's a good 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 conference, but I wouldn't expect the Raptors, after picking up McCarty and not giving up much other than picks, to be um, you know a, a team that's under 500. That's surprising to me. Yeah, um, I think that uh, there's a few teams that were out east that really were head scratchers. They were their records that they were putting up, um, and and the roster that they had just didn't, you know, it didn't jive to me. It was just something seemed really off. I mean, I think at this point, uh, you know, the Raptors being three games under 500, that's odd. Um, I also thought that the Bulls have a pretty decent roster. I mean, grade wise, look wise, it looks like a really solid team, and he's just brutal he's almost 10 games under 500 at this point um you know bobcats were another one it seems like he odin builds good teams on paper and then they just underperform uh they have a history of underperforming before we get too much into those teams uh, i want to throw it over to sean sean anybody in the offseason kind of impressed you i know you're kind of in a holding pattern with not having your picks and having a lot of you know cap uh, you know, guys tying up your cap and, and things along those lines. You try to be competitive. Um, but overall, some moves and things like that, anything that stick, stuck out to you? Uh, one big thing that just we hadn't touched on was just the situation in Orlando, just not having the cap room to be able to even offer Buck Williams, uh, uh, you know, his deal. So that it was just something that everybody knew that he was leaving and then him moving on to uh, Minnesota uh, that you know, I thought that would end up being a pretty big move. It's it's definitely hurt the Magic, but so far it's not really paid off for the uh, T Wolves. Uh, you know, I thought that with them having Buck and uh, the Mountain there, that that would be a pretty formidable front court for anybody to go against. And they're putting up good numbers, but it's just not showing in the uh, results so far. Uh, he's four and seventeen, uh, but I, I think long term, if he you know once they get some other pieces sorted out, that that that's something that we're going to see that that could end up being a big move in a couple of years, having those two paired up. Yeah. I, um, I found it. He, that was his only <laughs> free agent bid and he landed on and he landed him. So that was, that's definitely some good mojo going on there for him. Um, you know, like you touched on it, we've seen this happen before. Obviously I don't think Tex is as good at that point, but he was still a promising big man and RV, Decided not to, uh, you know, spend the spend the draft pick to clear the space to guarantee him the shot to bring back Tex. It ruined his franchise. Now you see he's posted a, uh, a fire sale um, thread, um, and on vice versa. I think JHB uh, tried to clear the cap. I know he was active. He's approached me, but I think at the end of the day, he um, 
didn't want to give up a pick that far down the road to, I guess, ha- have the opportunity to sign um, to sign him, which obviously now you see he's also uh, blowing everything up at this point. So uh, I think a lesson to be learned is maybe not mortgage your future a la the Nuggets, but uh, if it's if a first-round pick is going to clear up an opportunity to keep your core together and at least keep you going strong for another four to five years, it's probably wise to, to pull the trigger on that. Uh, Heaps, your thought on, on JHB coming back and, and not being able to clear the cap? Yeah, I mean, it's, first of all, it's great to have JHB back. It's always good to have veteran GMs rejoin. Um, you know, I, I really like having new GMs, uh, but at the same time, there's a definite learning curve, and uh, uh, it's great to have to have him back. It's, you know, as, as far as JHB uh, resigning not resigning Buck, you know, I, I was in that thread and I was pretty clear that I thought it was a mistake not to give up, uh, you know, the future pick to Faison who, you know, I don't know if he was ready, willing, and able at that time to make the trade, but at least showed some interest for a magic pick further in the future. Um, you know, for a player like Tex, maybe it's not worth it, but Buck Williams is, is a legit all-star big man and uh to not give up a future pick to keep him is i think a little bit short-sighted but you know each gm is going to gm their team the way that that they want to gm their team so i can't you know say it was a terrible move but not one that i would have made uh you know and on on the flip side it was great great signing for a i'm i'm uh, a little bit embarrassed that I forgot to mention that when we were going through free agency and and draft picks and sort of you know who had a good off season and who didn't. Obviously, that's a phenomenal pickup. You know, you pair Buck Williams and Gregor Clegane, and you just you know um, are automatically have one of the better front courts in the league. <clears throat> you know, it's a little bit too bad that uh, he. It's it, I think he picked a software player, Van Breesbrock or whatever. How, yeah. How he, yeah, he did. That. Yeah, <clears throat> which is a little bit unfortunate because he had a high pick there and could have could have gone a lot of different directions um, and had a you know a, a, a wing that was designed by Soup, which I think maybe would have been a a better pick. Uh, you know, he might have been just enamored with that grade set, which admittedly does look pretty good. The rebounding doesn't look great, but otherwise, uh, it looks pretty good. So, you know, unfortunately, it didn't work out. He also picked George Bush, who uh, I don't know people. I don't think anyone on this podcast knows, but I was pretty active in the trade market trying to trade up for George Bush, and I'm still um, a little bit disappointed I wasn't able to get him. I think he's going to be a good point guard uh, going forward if he gets some upgrades in the right places. So, um, you know, I think the future is bright in Minnesota. Keeps, if you had the opportunity, you were in AO spot. Are you taking uh, uh, Sandor there and t- uh, teaming up the brothers? I-, I thought that was kind of a no-brainer. I mean, you already have the one. Why not grab the other one? You're, yeah. At that point, he was still a long rebuild away. I mean, he, he taking a 17-year-old is not going to kill you there. Um, it's actually kind of a wise move there. I, I get Van Breesbrook has the great, you know, had that great grades, but again, software created players. There's always the red flag there. Um, I mean, is that where you would have went? Yeah, I mean, I, I I would have picked him or any number of other uh, wing players. I don't have the draft class pulled up right now, but Sandor is as good of an example as any other as far as wanting to pick a player that, that Soup has put time and effort into creating. You know, I, 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 I think Soup is 
you know, maybe he throws one bust in there, but for the most part, he tries to be um, pretty intentional about creating players the way that he sees them um, and not intentionally busting people. Um, so, you know, he's not hiding all-stars in the second round, and he's not, you know, turning his created players into busts. And so I think that's, that, that's reason enough to avoid the Juan Keenies of uh, Sim League and not try and go all in on a software-created player when you know there's a, a good option. Um, and, you know, as far as, you know, what could have gone into AO's mindset to not draft Sandor, you know, he had a good thing going with Gregor, and maybe he thought, you know, Soup would uh, beast one and bust the other. And, you know, that could have been one reason that he didn't make that pick. But, you know, I, I wouldn't have gone that direction. I, I, I would have picked a creative player, maybe Sandor, maybe Arizan, maybe somebody else. Yeah. Um, a little bit disappointing there uh, that he didn't team up the brothers. I think it's a cool story, personally. Um, Van Breesbrook, it doesn't, I mean, Bees looks good grade-wise. He's to me, not scoring as much. I mean, if you look at that Wolves team, it's it's. I mean, he got Buck, and then he didn't really pick up any other free agents to kind of build around him. No real point guard on the roster. Um, you know, the shooting guards are not that great. I mean, I know that he's he's starting his rookie there, um, but you know, small forward again is another position that doesn't look so hot um, for him. So he he definitely could have built around them, especially pushing all in for Buck there and grabbing him. Uh, you'd think he'd, he'd build, maybe he will do it this off season with another high lotto pick and then try to splash some cash uh, in the free agent market. Um, but, yeah, that that was one team that I thought once he landed Buck that he would definitely try to build in, in day three, four, and it just didn't work out for him. And that could also be because Soup, I, I don't know if AO was one of the guys that didn't get his um, bids in in time before Soup ran day three, four early. Or not, um, you know, so I, I guess if KN calls in later, if he hears this, maybe he can shed some light on that. I don't know if any of you guys, uh, you know, knew what happened at that point or not. Um, Heaps, if, if AO was one of the guys. I know Ank got affected by it, but I'm not sure how many other GMs also got affected by it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who got affected by it or, or not. I wasn't uh, around as, as much. I have not been around as much as I would like to have been in the past few weeks, so... Not as up to date on that kind of stuff, but you know, just just to defend maybe Ao for a second, though. I mean, he's he's tanking and doing a very effective job of it. Um, and you know, his his two best players are his, his center and power forward. Um, so I'm I'm not sure that it would be as wise of a decision to go all in at this point. You know, when he can collect another lotto pick or two before Gregor uh, is up to be re-signed. You know, he could tank this year and next and not really have to commit significant cap space to anybody. You know, I think that's a testament to sort of what Soup did with this roster as far as bringing it down to just absolutely nothing, giving it a ton of draft picks and allowing it to be a blank slate. I think, you know, this is sort of a, a prime opportunity for AO to tank another year or two, get another couple high draft picks and, you know, hope for free agent luck, but no, he has, Gregor, Buck, and whoever else he drafts to build around. I think that's a, a great situation to be in. Yeah. Uh, Sean, uh, I wanted to – I know you, you mentioned the Wolves. Is there anybody else, uh, you know, that you were looking over um, that impressed you in the off season? I know we went on this Wolves tangent here. Uh, no, I mean, you know, I think the biggest thing of the off season, as we all know, was just really just home city, uh, you know, deciding – 
to go ahead and let those guys go to see if he could sign them at a, at a cheaper numbers and bringing them all back. You know, I think that was really the biggest thing was just keeping the band back together in uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, that that's really the biggest thing about the entire offseason, that that's what everybody was watching. Yeah. Um, just to talk a little bit more about this season so far, we're seeing a lot more teams uh, starting to tank, maybe, um, you know, not so much yawning going on, uh, thoughts generally of guys coming kind of late in the ballgame. It looks like Odin has tossed in the flag and he's he's tanking. Um, uh, you know, he has his team for sale. RV looks like he's thrown his uh, his white flag up. So there's another guy that's late, entering the game kind of late. It looks like Drews is He's been. He doesn't look like he's competing, but he's also looking to move some more players off his roster. So it looks like it's a buyer's market because there's a ton of sellers. Um, general thoughts on on teams, GMs, kind of midway through the season, trying to tank. Uh, is this, if you're going to tank heaps, I guess my question is: Would you set everything up in the off season so that you are you're fully crap going into the season or, or you know have you kind of mid-season changed your plan and just said i'm gonna screw it i'm selling guys off or where do you stand on on kind of how you how you try to plan a rebuild yeah i mean uh, um it's it's best to sell your players in the off season because there are more buyers you know i i, I think you i made that mistake with khalid reeves when i first joined sim league of selling him mid-season just to try and tear down my roster and I think had I waited till the off season, I would have gotten a much better offer for him um, than I, I got from Dill. And uh, the reason for that is that there's a lot of tanking teams who don't want to acquire talent mid-season. They, they want to acquire it in the off season. Um, there are a lot of other teams that you know have cap space that opens up in the off season that they don't have currently. And so I just think there's a lot more buyers in, in the off season. That said. You know, if your team's not playing well and you have your pick and you're going to be tanking going forward, you know, maybe it makes sense for you to to get what little return you can get for a couple of good players and and collect your higher lotto pick. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think there's something to be said for both of them, but I think obviously, I, I think it's clear that that the majority of buyers are going to be there in the off season that would be there in, during the season. Is it surprise you at all? I mean, I know some of the draft pick, the draft classes coming up are starting to be guys that people recognize their their recent draft classes in real life, so people have connection to these players. Do you think that's why you're starting to see a lot of uh, teams starting to you know try to bottom out here? Obviously, you have the Magic that are new to the tank game. They were a pretty strong team last year. They're they're uh, you know in full tank mode. Um, you know, obviously, I touched on the Bulls being a roster that you would think should be better than a 6-14 and 14 team, but they're pretty bad. Odin threw in the towel. He's he's selling players off. Um, you know, obviously, well, I discussed this, I think, with you and Shout in 20s um, as well about the Suns, that they, they don't own their pick this year, but they're kind of positioning themselves for next year and, and moving forward with their recent deal. Um, but that pick actually is going to go to Odin, so he got a little fortunate there. Um, but, you know, just so many tankers, I, I think that in years past you had, you know, four, five, six maybe tankers, like really going hard, and the rest you saw the league being more competitive. I think you could probably count maybe 14 teams, 15 teams that are just flat out going to, you know, that are aiming to lose here. Um, so it's definitely a bump, less teams trying to be competitive. Do you think that's more of just the Thunder having a stranglehold, or do you think that just people are, are looking to get to some of these players they recognize? 
Um, you know, I mean, so I, I've not been in the same league a whole lot longer than Sean has. I mean, I think I have maybe nine or ten more seasons. But I, you know, based on on my experience, it kind of goes in waves. You know, when I first came into the league, there were a number of teams that were tanking, and it was sort of like you know you had the the competing teams and you had the tanking teams, and you didn't have much in the middle. Um, and then over the course of time, you know, more teams started competing until maybe two or three seasons ago, you know, there really weren't any tanking teams. I think maybe the Pacers maybe were the only team that was uh, intentionally tanking. There were a couple of teams that weren't performing very well, but, you know, there weren't teams that had sold off assets and were trying to tank, and now we're getting back to where those teams that, you know, had been competing or had been trying to compete, have realized that they don't really have the the firepower to compete with the elite of their conference and um, have decided to sort of throw in the towel. And I'm, I'm not sure it has a whole lot to do with the, the players coming up in the rookie draft as much as it does just to, with the reality that, um, you know, the, the the elite teams in each conference are pretty, have a stranglehold, I think, on, on the conference. And it's going to take, uh, a lot to overcome those th- those those players. Uh, Sean, I'm going to throw it over to you here. I'm going to guess maybe uh, change up the kind of the question I want to ask you. I, I, uh, the Suns they they just made a draft pick. Uh, I mean, uh, made a trade and they made a couple this season, um, kind of taking talent, uh, which would you think which would you know think to keep them more competitive since they don't own their own pick this year. They they moved them out. Move these players to reposition. I think twenties and heaves were on the on the on the side of the argument where you know if it's going to help you long term, then why not? What's the difference uh, handing someone over a, a sixth pick versus a fourth pick or something along those lines? You were uh, given a pretty rotten sandwich in Cleveland. I mean, you had a couple of uh, you had obviously KG, which was a bright star at that point. Um, you know, he doesn't look that great at this point. You know, condolences on that. But um, you know your your roster was kind of unbalanced. Heel really left you a shit sandwich. Um, you didn't have all your picks, but you tried to just keep a competitive team. You know, throughout uh, this run of not having picks, um, you know, obviously that's the way you you uh, looked at it. Would you think uh, about maybe next time, or if getting into the situation, changing your way of rebuilding? Maybe doing a move where just you know, hell, bottom out, get all these terrible deals off my my roster, and and so be it. If somebody gets a good pick. Um, now, part of that, I mean, being that was my initial thought, but then as I looked at it, I, I looked further at it, and I decided that I was going to go, and if I competed, that would be nice, but I wasn't too worried about it, at least for this season. Uh, but then looking at it, you know, I was in a situation where I've not been, I've been hesitant to make moves now, more just because of the fact that the guys I do have are getting close to expiring. So I've got, uh, you know, I'm in a situation where next year I have Purvis Ellison, Troy Barnes, who was my second-round pick this year, uh, Gerald Henderson, and Walter Devlin. That, that, that's the only guys that are under contract, and everybody else is expiring. So uh, it was more a situation that I didn't really want to take on anything long-term when I had all these contracts expiring, that I'd rather just kind of let it all expire and start over. Uh, so, you know, it may be a situation that maybe I wish I would have tried to go out and see if maybe I could have picked up a couple of those picks uh, and try to look at it from there. Uh, I think that the offers I was getting from KG are better than what I'm going to be getting if I were to get any offers this season or in the off season with him averaging three turnovers a game at the center position. Uh, that you know, that's something that maybe I would have even looked more at possibly moving him. 
Yeah. Uh, would you, I mean, as seeing some, what some of these guys are doing, would you entertain shipping some of these guys off like Fizikis or Purvis or even AI to maybe guys who are looking for, um, you know, that one final piece to maybe compete for the Thunder and and just screwing it up? I mean, obviously, um, you know, it, it was a topic. I'm not, I, I haven't ever been, you know, that's never been my style. Like if I screw up or if I've, like I, we've seen it with the Thunder, like I, I try to keep a somewhat competitive team and do all I could to, to at least make my team somewhat decent. And obviously it didn't work out. I handed the Thunder a couple of pretty decent picks, but I did my best to try to at least put a competitive team out there. It seems like that's what you've done, but would you change uh, down the wire here, you know, maybe closer to the trade deadline, maybe look to ship some of these guys to get some, maybe a future pick here or there just to, to get you more assets for your rebuild? Yeah, absolutely. If it was something where I wasn't going to be taking on something too long-term, like I said, you know, I do like the fact that I've got so much expiring, especially with with knowing that, uh, you know, KG is expiring too, uh, that I would definitely look at being willing to try to make a, make some moves, you know, maybe take on somebody that's going to expire in, you know, two years or, or so instead of next year or instead of this off season, uh, just to try to get some picks in. Yeah. I would, I would also keep this in mind, obviously, now that you're going to be tanking and maybe you want to, if you do take on some long-term big money or something along those lines, uh, every team has a buyout. I think you get one every five sim seasons. Um, sometimes teams that are gonna they have a ton of cap room that are able to buy out a, a high dollar contract, they'll they'll take on a player that has maybe three years, four years left, something along those lines. As long as they're able to buy them out and stay underneath their hard cap, and they'll collect a first round pick for that. Um, it's a way to acquire an asset without really hurting a tank or anything along those lines. I don't know if anybody broke that down, but a word of advice, maybe that's uh, down the road somewhere you want to look at. Uh, just to pick up an asset, usually it's a, it's a first-round pick for you taking on a, a bad deal and then you immediately buy them out. Um, I know Drexler's on the market, and RV thinks he can give them for free, which I don't see that happening, but um, you know that might be somewhere you might want to approach him and say, "Listen, I'll take him off your hands, and you give me first round pick at some, you know, some sort." It's just a way to, uh, you know, possibly acquire more assets. A little, I guess, sort of advice to you. Um, I don't know if anybody's broken that part down to you. They had not, so I do appreciate that. That's good information to have. Uh, I, I think I had seen something about the buyout now. Um, is that that you get one free for every five years? Because I did see that they could be bought with a high dollar amount of dump bucks. Yeah, you basically what ends up happening is the year that they're on your team, so this year, that dollar amount has already been accounted for. So you need to make sure you have enough cap room underneath your hard cap, which is the $80 million figure. You want to make sure you have enough underneath it to buy out the remaining years. So... Um, you know, say someone like, like you know, we have Drexler. I think he's owed like $57 million uh, over the next two years. So you would just have to make sure that if you acquired him, you had $57 million to your hard cap number that like you could afford to cut him and still have 12 active members on your roster. Um, if okay. you're able to do that, then that's, that's how you can get your, your buyout. I mean, obviously, every player has different dollar amounts. So, you know, you not necessarily need to have $57 million. There's There's other 
you know, that might not, you know, there's there's been guys that have been bought out that have $10 million a year. Just guys just don't want to keep their, their deal around because it's maybe very long or something along those lines. So you just got to make sure you, you're able to buy a person out. It's almost like an amnesty. Like you get to you get to take them off. I mean, obviously it hits your cap, but it goes at the end of this season. It's wiped off and moving forward, you you're, that, that the, it no longer affects you. So that's basically what it is. And you can do it to your own players or you can, you know, obviously acquire a player. People in the league have, you know, used it to acquire players just to help, uh, you know, to, to acquire more assets. So, I mean, it, either or, it works out. Normally it works out a little easier if you're tanking and, and you're acquiring a player to get a pick. Um, it, it's That's been the most common occurrence of, of it. I don't know if Heaps, if you've done it in before, you know, I have bought somebody out for someone else. Um, you know, I don't know if you want to shed any light to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did a buyout, but it was actually my own player that I was trying to clear off my cap going into free agency one of the first years I was trying to compete um but yeah I mean I, th- I think the way you described it is is pretty accurate and maybe if 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 I, if I might just draw a distinction maybe between uh the Cavaliers roster and the Suns roster um as far as selling assets going into a tank I mean I, I I'm still not convinced that the Suns are tanking uh you look at Bossert Bossert's not really doing as well as he has historically done, um, I don't know how much to attribute to what Ank has done with his depth chart, if anything, and how much to attribute to the fact that Oscar has retired. But he's only scoring 20 points per game, less than six rebounds per game. Uh, he still has tremendous defensive statistics, uh, steals and blocks, with a B grade. So I don't know what that means about what his internal grades are as far as you know drive and perimeter defense. They might be... Um, a, a little bit low, but maybe that's just his quickness has dropped off as he's gotten older. But he's he's collecting over $20 million per per year going forward. And for Ang to have gotten the pick for him, I think is a tremendous given that, you know, he's not keeping Gary Bossert long-term. He's not winning a championship with Gary Bossert. So all he did was, was turn an asset that he didn't really want and give him free agent space going into next year and a pick. Whereas Sean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure he's in that same that same spot, and I'm not sure as many teams have been in that same spot to to sell off a player like Gary Bosser and get a return. I think that was quality gaming from from Ankeley, and I'm not at all convinced that Ankeley is tanking. Yeah, but you don't think? I mean, obviously Sean doesn't have his pick this year, but you don't think that Sean can flip an asset like AI or something along those lines and and be able to. Uh, get a value in return on him because I, I mean AI is still pretty pretty good point guard even though he's an expiring. You would think that he could get a draft pick or you know who knows maybe more out of it um, for him or is it just the whole buyout thing? You don't think he's gonna um, make a move in that type of aspect? Yeah, I mean I I, I think um, there's really no you know there's not the same upside to moving AI as there is to to, to moving Bossert. Um, that said, you know, I think if I were Sean and I had AI and there were willing buyers who were offering me draft picks, I think I would definitely be taking those draft picks for a player that was expiring. If, if, if you know, he plans on tanking and not uh, trying to sign Allen Iverson going forward, then there's, there's, there's absolutely no reason not to, not to trade him for some value in return. Um, you know, whether he gets who I don't know who has the Cavs pick, but whether that pick is you know six or nine doesn't really matter to to Sean. But if Sean has an extra draft pick um, from giving up AI, then he has an extra draft pick. So 
you know, I think the same goes for for Ankeley. You know, it's, it's a matter of what's good for your franchise, not necessarily what's going to hurt somebody else's franchise. Yeah, absolutely. I understand. I, I completely understood that aspect to it. I just like in Ankeley's in Ankeley's situation, he's he's looking to acquire assets for the future, and who gives a shit if it's the sixth or ninth pick? And and that's completely. I I completely understood that. I, I mentioned Ankeley more making that deal because I thought possibly the next. A uh, shooter drop being, you know, maybe Ray Allen to the the Indiana Pacers for his or for his pickback. But obviously, we learned out that Odin actually has the pick, so it doesn't look like there's another uh, move in the works because I don't think Odin would make a move for uh, Ray Allen, given the fact that he's he's put up a fire sale and I think he's made a, a couple of moves here. So, um, you know, that was more my thing. I, I'm with you, Hebs, uh, and it's not just because I own the Cavs pick, but I, if you're going to tank, which it seems like, um, you know, uh, Sean might want to do here, considering the makeup of his roster, it's kind of aging, um, you know, 30-year-olds for the most part uh, coming to the end of their deal, and then you have KG who just has underperformed up to his billing. Um, you know, you probably want to tank for a few years and acquire some draft picks and things along those lines. So moving guys who are expiring that are not probably part of the future plans um, would be wise, and I, I would also co-sign on that, making that move. Um, you know, full disclosure with me owning his pick, but still I think that's that's probably a, a good way to go, maybe waiting to the trade deadline. Uh, would be something that's possible, but again, it's it's saturated with sellers, like lots of sellers, brand new sellers on the market. So it's curious to see um, how many of the big boys who have um, and, and like you said, heaps during the season, not as many uh, teams have as much cap fixed flexibility with uh, you know people signing a lot of free agents during the year. So it'll be curious to see if any of these guys uh, actually get moved and what they get moved for um, for sure. Um, I want to just transition a little bit, guys, and we'll look into the off season. I mean, we're going to get season predictions. Uh, obviously, we're four sims in, um, you know, and I want to get you guys to give me a prediction of who you think is going to win it all, and we'll we'll touch on divisions here real quick in a minute. But I, I want to look forward to the off season just a tad, um, and you know, free agent class that's coming up. Uh, pretty cool uh, article by Dill. I always like these articles. Um, I like the redraft articles. I, I always like the free agent preview articles. I think Hebes, you posted one this off season. Um, you know, the 3019 redraft. Hebes, uh, I mean, uh, Dilworth pu- pushed out the article. He had Jerry Stackhouse going uh, in a redraft as the number one pick overall. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys had a chance to take a look at it. I think it was. Uh, it's a well done article. It also kind of gives you an insight of where. Uh, you know, the free agent class is going to lead to, um, you know, uh, if these guys test the market this year, we had a bunch of rookies that actually did test the market and a couple leave, which was cool. It was a little change of pace. Um, You know, maybe again this year we'll have the same thing. But, um, uh, Sean, your thoughts on Jerry Stackhouse being number one, and is he the – of the rookies that uh, will test free agency possibly, is he number one on your board as, as the guy that, you know, most teams should be targeting? Um, I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, just looking at the numbers, you know, I thought he broke it down very well. Um, You know, I read his article. I didn't go too far into looking at what they've done, you know, in past seasons, uh, just looking at uh, his breakdown and then also their stats for this season. You know, it's hard to argue against Jerry Stackhouse at number one. Uh, But, yeah, no, I thought it was very well done. And, you know, it looks like a solid group of guys uh, definitely was – hurting to see Kevin Garnett at uh, number seven, but I, I can't really argue with it with what he is uh, doing. 
uh, on the court. Yeah, he. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, Heaps. So yeah, so I would say one, uh, you know, really well done article by Dill. I I always like his articles. And uh, the other uh, day, as I was on a plane, I was penciling out because I do nerdy shit like this on planes all the time. My uh, next article, which is going to be a free agency preview for next season. And, you know, just going down the list of what I have here, and this is before the season actually started, so I don't have current year stats going into this, but, you know, I I have Joe Smith as the, the, the number one pick in a redraft based on the fact that I have him as the number one rookie free agent. I have a couple of uh, uh, free agents above him, you know, J.O. Marbury that I think are, you know, veterans and maybe are going to be better for competing teams. But Joe Smith going forward I think is the best – uh, player coming out of this class, and then Damon Sotomayor, and then you know I had KG because KG. It's hard to get past KG's grades. He is an anomaly. I don't understand how he has the shoots the percentages he he does, how he has the turnovers he does um, with the, that grade set. You know I would love 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 to know what his actual grade or his actual attributes are. And someday, you know, if if Soup listens to this, you should save a screenshot of KG right now because, you know, I think it'd be really interesting to see what he looks like and whether, um, you know, whether it's Fizikas's F handles that's causing this three three plus turnovers per game, or you know, like what 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 is it that's leading KG to to look like a dog shit player with the grades that he has. Um, but yeah, then you know, I I I think Stackhouse is right there, Reeves is right there, Travis Best is right there. You know, it's a really good class of rookies, and if you know uh, a few of them decide not to re-sign, it could be another great free agency class. I mean, I know you. I, I still. I, I mean, I Sean doesn't think the market's there for KG, and he may be correct. But I I mean, I have a hard time with that grade set giving up on Kevin Garnett. Obviously, I don't think Sean's just going to let him walk or anything along those lines. Um, I don't think he's going to trade him away for nothing. Um, but like you said, those damn grades, they're they're freaking, they're phenomenal when you look at them. And obviously not everything is about the shown grades. Um, but we've seen in the past that suit players continue to improve even after their rookie deal. Um, you know, so where do you think, Contract-wise, I mean, do you think someone's going to give Kevin Garnett a max deal in this offseason, or would that be kind of foolish? Do you think uh, it's going to it's going to kind of be you know somewhere below that? Where where do you think someone like Kevin Garnett is going to get on an open market if he does test? I, if I had cap space, I'd probably give him a max deal with that grade set, with a potential. I think once in shout soup said that he had a dream team TC, meaning that he his his potential either did not go down or went up. It was 100 after his rookie year. So, um, you know, he has had at least one really great TC. The fact that he's still showing a potential in his fourth year, um, you know, based on Eric's math, if you read that article, means that his actual potential is still pretty darn good. Um, so... But, it's hard to, to to say I'd give him anything less than a max, even with those those nasty stats. Yeah, his field goal percentages are just so. I mean, he's shooting sub four hundred. I mean, it's it's bad. I mean, uh, Sean, uh, as far as I mean, obviously you've had him under your wing here. I, I, 
has his upgrades? Is he fully upgraded at this point, or is he still lacking some upgrades? Does he have some 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 points left in him? He still has two more left in him. He's had strength put in him, and that's it. So uh, my plan was going to be to at least use a inside scoring and shot blocking on him. Is what I was going to try to do with the other two. Um, so hopefully we could cure some problems with the field goal percentages because I mean thirty seven percent this year is just not is I mean it's just killing me. Yeah, it's and he's a volume shooter, so I mean he's putting up twenty one points, so that means he's I, I, I guess again he's going to the line. He's he's you know hitting his jump shot can't entirely be awful because his free throw percentages are you know they're they're I guess above uh, for big men they're above average or you know to average to above average for a big man. So his jump shot should be pretty solid. I guess his inside is terribly low or. Do you guys think it's possibly a case where his strength is super low, and maybe that's why, um, you know, some of his his scoring, especially his field goal percentage, is really low? I mean, Heaps, you you kind of tinker with the the software a lot. I mean, what would your best explanation to Kevin Garnett being what he is? You know, what yeah, would it I mean, be? this this goes back to me, you know, pleading with Soup to take a screenshot and share it with us in five seasons once. KG's locked into a long-term deal and or retired because he was a complete bust. I would love to know what his attributes are because I just, I don't get it. Um, it makes no sense to me. You know, he has, he, he's averaging five assists per game and three turnovers at center. Like that, that it's, he is a strange, strange player. Um, and I don't have any explanation for it, unfortunately. Um, and you said that, I mean, I know you said you had Mighty Mouse really high up there. You had Stackhouse a little bit lower. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with Mighty Mouse being up there. Obviously, point guards are really important, and he seems to be in line as one of the next better point guards in this in this league. Obviously, the Lakers are having a phenomenal season. I think they're, they're, they've won the last 10 in a row at least, um, and, and I think he is in large part uh, you know, to do with it, his shooting percentages are really great. I mean, he's 11.2 assists to 1.8 turnovers. I mean, you can't get much better than that out of a point guard. Um, you know, so I, I don't see why you can't make a case for Damon being really, really high up there. Um, you know, uh, Sean, your thoughts on on uh, these rookies that we've kind of gone over and, and anyone else that kind of sticks out to you that, you know, you you would uh, definitely, use, you know, you know, invest and make a cornerstone uh, possibly in the off season. I mean, you know, obviously unless I, there's some sort of deal made, the plan is to go ahead and, you know, try to lock up uh, Kevin Garnett long-term. Uh, but I mean, I think just some of the guys that you had gone over that he's got uh, towards the top of the list there uh, are definitely guys I would be interested in trying to get uh, as well as I know you had mentioned a couple guys as well that are expiring like Jermaine O'Neal and things, uh, things like guys like that that are veteran guys, uh, although those are less likely just due to the fact that uh, still not going to be a you know competitor right away, so it wouldn't make sense really to sign an older guy, at least not too old. Yeah, Sean, i just going to you know chime in here real quick. I know Dump is listening. I don't know if he's aware, but dude, your family, your, your sister's Fucking our smoke shows, dude. I just want to thank uh, Texas Pride <laughs> for posting them in the on the main board thread. I'm uh, very much enjoying looking over these flicks. 
uh, cute family there, Dump. Um, and I like that you shaved down the, the top of the dome piece there. It, it looks much, much cleaner. You got to sharpen up the beard, though. You got to sharpen that, you know, right there by the cheek area. You got to you gotta just clean that up, man. And, and you you blend right in there, Dump. So, uh, you know, if you're going to go ahead and, and post more pictures of Texas Pride Girl, uh, I'll also enjoy that. So just keep that battle going on. I think everybody's a winner in that battle. And I just would like you to continue to encourage that. So, uh, uh, with that said, I'll, I'll throw it back to Sean. Uh, any, a, a, you know, outside of the rookies, anyone else you're, you're curious to see if they maybe jump ship? I know Jo was mentioned. Um, Starberry is another one that might test the free agent market. Um, you know, any other big stars that you you think are big game changers if they do move, Sean? Um, I'd have to look at the list. I haven't looked at it too much. Um, I mean, I know that, um, like I said, had been saying just, you know, some of the guys that are these, these top younger guys, uh, and then also a couple of the guys that you had mentioned, like Jermaine O'Neal. But other than that, I haven't looked too far into the uh, class yet. Yeah, so some of the some of the players that are going to be free agents, and I'll, I'll just run through, I'll, I'll give everyone a free preview of the Cuban Rapports, uh 20 or 3022 free agency uh, preview. Jermaine O'Neal, I think, is the number one free agent. Um, you know, he is the premier big man, other than Sharif, who's locked up long term. Um, I just, yeah. I, I, now that you mentioned Jay on, I'll, I'll let you continue, but I just needed to throw in. I completely got sucked in by Odin and fucking dump with that whole J.O., especially when he went minus two. Like, I, I believed and, you know, got part swept up in that narrative that he was going to be a bad player considering what his deal was going to extend out to. I mean, dump and Odin were just hammering that in shout daily and in threads and, and, and in part uh, <laughs> why uh, Jeeves got such a phenomenal deal and a return back because he, he you know, sparked back to life and, you know, it is what it is. But go ahead. Uh, J.O. is going to probably forever haunt me considering he's one of my all-time favorite players in real life and in Sim League uh, combined. And I traded him away in both, uh, you know, versions of our Sim League 2.0 and 4.0. And in both the versions, he turned into be a pretty elite damn player. So, yeah, screw me for not learning from my past mistakes. But go ahead, Eeps. Um, if, it, if it makes you feel any better, I was also not sold on J.O. after you signed him. He did have a pretty bad TC and was not looking good when he was playing for the Nuggets. So, you know, um, I think he gave up a lot had you had you offered that uh, for, I think I had Gary Payton at the time or anything close to that, I would have accepted it. But, you know, I also was not sold on J.O., so not not a terrible opinion to have. So besides J.O., I think the number two player uh, in free agency I have listed here as – McCarty, um, you know, again, that was going into the season. He was uh, a really, really, really great player last year. Um, this season hasn't really lived up to his uh, performance last year, but still is very good. I might bump him down when I actually publish the article. Uh, I had number three, Marbury. Uh, self-explanatory. Number four, Joe Smith. That's where I touched on that. He's my top rookie. I think his grades are great. His production is great. Um, he's sort of, you know, uh, a no-brainer. He's 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 not going to be a bad player, um, and if you sign him to a max deal, you're going to be happy with that. Damon Stoudemire uh, was number five. George Niang number six, uh, which hurt a little bit. I would like him for him to be top five or above, but 
Um, he sort of had some unimpressive TCs, and his production has dropped off a little bit recently. I had KG at number seven. Um, again, that's based more on his grade set. Uh, it was I, I, I was hopeful his production would rebound this year, um, and it has not. Michael Smith, number eight. Uh, you know, the most impressive thing about Michael Smith, and Faison reminded me of this today, is how many upgrades he has left. Uh, you know, someone signs him and wants to just dump a bunch of dump bucks into him. They're going to get a really good player. Number nine, Bryant Reeves. His one downside is his rebounding. Uh, just a bad, not not a great grade. It's not a bad grade. It's not a great grade. Uh, if he had that, you know, A minus rebounding and was averaging 11 rebounds per game, he'd probably be number two or number three on this list. Uh, Travis Best, number 10, Steve Nash, 11. Um, Frank Kaminsky was number 12. Rasheed Wallace, 13. Stackhouse, 14. Again, apologize for that. It was before this year, and I, you know, just didn't think a whole lot of him, but he obviously had a great, great year, had a good TC, so has improved quite a bit. 15 it was Corliss Williamson, then rounding out, I uh, did 18 here, was Allen Iverson, Nick Fizikas, and Kurt Thomas was number 18. So all in all, a pretty strong free agency class. I think pretty pretty deep, too, compared to last year, which was not quite as deep. I think last year on paper, it looked like it was going to be great, and then it fizzled out. But it still was a pretty solid – I mean, it was top-heavy. And then outside of that, there wasn't a very much depth. I think you actually pointed that out in your article, Heaps, that you know the top two or three guys at each position were great, and then there was a big cliff – after that, uh, to some of the other guys, I think this year we're looking at a lot of top-heavy guys, but the depth is also there. Um, you know, well-rounded, depending on uh, these rookies and if they declare or not. Um, I think we're starting to get into you know where we're mainly soup players at this point. I mean, Odin still has his fair share of you know top guys uh, in the league, but you know they're starting to uh, slowly wean out, and you're starting to get more of soup's guys. Uh, you know, coming to the head, which is 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 natural. That's just the natural progression. So you're you definitely, as you mentioned before, if you're a tanker, you you if you look at a guy and he looks like he's going to be elite and the league's pretty high on him, he generally under soup he turns out to be be pretty good. I'd be also curious. I mean, I know he wasn't going to say anything now, but maybe in the off season after Rasheed Wallace uh, makes a deal and signs or whatever, I think everybody in this league universally loved Rasheed Wallace. Um, you know, loved him in real life, loved, you know, and, and was really high on him. I know I tried to make a trade for him a couple of times uh, after he was drafted by Jerry West. Um, but he seems like, I guess, the real, the only true, you know, top bust out of that draft class. Um, and I'm just curious if it's just software being software or if Soup, you know, did want to throw a little curveball in there and, and bust somebody who was, kind of universally loved. Um, you know, I don't know your thoughts on that, Hebs and Sean. I'll get you both to comment on it. Um, Where is Rashid playing now? Rashid is, jeez, um, I don't even know. I think he moved him. Um, he moved him recently, and I'm pretty sure that Sheed is with, I'm, I'm kind of looking it over here. Um, but I'll let you, I'll chime in, and I'll let you know where he moved him to. But um, I want to say, shit, um, I'm looking at at the players he has here. Was he moved to the Lakers? Was he on? Yeah, he was. Yep. Yeah, he's on on the the Lakers. Lakers. Yep. So he's on the Lakers. He's riding the bench. He's not even getting any playing time at this point. His percentages are, 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 you know, I mean, he's getting six minutes a game, so it doesn't really doesn't matter what his percentages are at this point. But, um, you know, his career numbers are really bad, and this year doesn't really give you an indication because of his lack of playing time. 
whether or not he's improved or not. But his grade set looks pretty pedestrian, um, and his numbers to this point kind of match that. So um, go ahead, Heaps. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rashid obviously not not a great player. I, I too tried to trade him for him for a while. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure off the top of my head what his upgrades look like, but he was owned by Jerry West for a while, so it's safe to say that he has quite a few left. And I think he could still be a good player um, with a, a couple of upgrades. You know, he's listed at center, which is a good thing based on Eric's research, but as in power forward for a big man. Um, as far as, you know, what sort of training camps he's uh, going to have on he's, average. He's got two um, reward camps left, and I'm checking on his skill camp, so go ahead. But he yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Camps. So he has at least that, and he probably has two, if not all three, of his skills camps left because Jerry Jerry West had quite a few players to pump points into at the same time, and I don't think Rasheed was at the top of the list. So he might have gotten one under Bruns there. Yeah, so he has a grand total of a, a plus 16 that's still able to be pumped into him. He's only had inside scoring done as far as his um, strength camp is concerned. So he has two plus fives left, and he has two uh, plus threes left. So he's got plus 16 left in his game. So, yeah, I mean, it's something to take into consideration. Um, I have a feeling that she's going to probably be a player, given his lack of production and lack of playing time, that may re-up with the Lakers on a cheaper deal considering, you know, the stats that he posts and, and puts up. But we'll, I'll be curious to see what his re-signing looks like. But go ahead, finish up, Peeps. Yeah, that's 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 a great point. I think he he, he definitely might uh, give a pretty generous deal to Buster. And if he does, Buster would be, you know, sort of well-advised, take the opportunity to pump some points into him, probably jumper, um, you know, maybe strength, maybe blocking, trying to get uh, some of the, the key attributes up for him and see what he turns out to be because his grades aren't bad. And obviously, like I said, named players don't get intentionally busted for the most part under, under soup. So it's unlikely he was he was a bust to begin with. And you know, maybe he hasn't had the best training camps. He's not had those elite training camp uh, upgrades, but he still has the potential to be a great player at you know, only 24 years old. Yeah. Uh, Sean, your, your thoughts on, on, uh, on everything here at this point? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you guys uh, covered it pretty well with Rashid. I mean, that, uh, I mean, although you know his block numbers are not bad, he's, he's got you know the three years where he actually got minutes uh, before this year uh, was over three blocks a game. Uh, I mean, so his block numbers were not bad. Just his you know his rebound numbers have been a little bit low. He's only had one year where he ever uh, had ten rebounds a game, uh, but having those training camps left would definitely be big. And like like you guys had said with. Uh, him not getting much playing time this year, you know, he may be able to get a decent deal coming back next year. Although, you know, one of the guys that I had on my bench, Jason Caffey, who I think has probably worse uh, stats here looking at than Rashid or worse grades, I should say, uh, was coming at me to re-sign for five or six million dollars a year. So, you know, it's hard to tell. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, obviously the software is always going to do uh, you know what it wants. There's not. There, it's it's designed to be you know funky and do and spit out random shit. I know we've seen guys who've had uh, no playing time and and offered to resign for the max, and then guys who are elite players who offer to sign well under uh, under value. So um, the software doesn't really have a set pattern and, and it's designed that way. So it'll be curious. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know the class looks pretty encouraging. So if you have money out there, people. 
Um, you know, it, it, it's another good year to, to open them wallets and, and make it rain here. Um, we'll transition guys here uh, off of, you know, kind of looking forward to down the road and we'll, we'll t- jump right back into this season here and we'll get some predictions on, on the board. We're four Sims in obviously. So we're, you know, we have a little bit of, um, you know, some data to kind of crunch and look at and, and see where things are. Obviously we're, we're starting to find out teams that are bailing out on trying to be competitive or not. Um, but we'll, we'll go division division here and then we'll get predictions on uh, each conference and then a title winner. So we'll start in the Atlantic uh, and we'll start with you, Heaves. Obviously you are a, a big time, you're a contender every year for the last few years. So you, you've always been in the mix there. No different this year. You're just sitting two games out of the division lead, uh, trailing Miami and the Bullets. And in my opinion, both of those teams don't look like world beaters, even though KN always seems to have a team that plays lights out in the regular season. Um, you know, your thoughts on the division. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I I like my chances of winning the division. Um, I think the Bullets probably are the biggest stumbling block. I'm not particularly um, afraid of the Heat. Um, you know, I, I I think they have really great players in Conley and Selby, but Outside of that, I don't think they have anything uh, really, really great. The Bullets, obviously, you know, um, I would love at this point to trade Mookie Norris. I think, you know, I have a couple of good point guards that are behind him, and I was looking today at rosters that might be able to to take Mookie Norris, and, and that would be a big upgrade for them, and so I'd get some value from trading him. And uh, two rosters that I found, one of which was the Bullets, and there was absolutely no way in hell I'm trading Mookie Norris to the Bullets because <laughs> I think with Mookie Norris they would be uh, better than my team, frankly. So you know, if 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 I were to advise KN of anything, it's to go out and get a point guard. Um, you know, maybe AI, maybe, maybe somebody else. Yeah, Mookie Norris is not available to him. Um, <laughs> I mean, if he can get somebody to be his go-between without me knowing about it, that might be something for him to do. But no. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the Bullets are, are are a really quality squad. They're just missing that point guard at this point. Uh, and you would, if you put money on the line, who do you think is going to win the division when it's all said and done? Obviously, there's still time to make roster moves, but who who's your pick to win this Atlantic this year? Yeah, if I had to put money, I put it on the Nets. I just think my team is is um, you know from top to bottom is the best. It has good depth. If I were to get an injury or two, I think I could withstand that. Um, and I, I, yeah, I put my that in the Atlantic. Sean, let's throw it over to you, buddy. Um, you know, uh, he's broke it down a little bit. Your thoughts on the Atlantic? Do you kind of agree with him? You, you see the Nets winning it. Do you think the Bullets uh, end up, or do you think the Bullets take it? I think those two are probably your top two contenders, <laughs> even though the Heat right now. Uh, you know, are technically atop the division uh, thanks to the wins. Um, I don't think they're in the same bracket as the Bullets and Nets. Your thoughts? No, I, I completely agree with that. When I was, uh, you know, last getting ready for this podcast, I spent a good amount of time last Friday just looking over the rosters, looking over, uh, you know, what guys had last year, what they did, and what just what I was thinking. And I had the Bullets as my pick uh, to win the division. Uh, they, it looks like, looking at the season predictions threat, it looks like I was the only one. But, uh, I uh, had the Bullets winning the division. I'm still feeling pretty good about that with the way they've started. So you you going to stick with the Bullets to win that then? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, definitely they could have room to upgrade the point guard, but uh, I still 
feel like they're going to be able to hold on and win the division. Real quick, both of you, any chance the Celtics creep into this? Or are they still uh, lacking uh, enough pieces either in the front court or at point guard, uh, in your opinion, Sean? No, no chance for the Celtics to get in there after the Bossard deal? Um, not not for the division win. I mean, I expect that he'll be in the fight, and you know, I think he'll be in the playoffs, but not for the division. Sure. And I guess, Heaps, uh, we, we got your take on that, but uh, you're, you're not considering uh, Dump. Uh, I mean, to, to, to be honest, I, I think Dump has – you know, um, as good of a chance as any team of, of winning the Atlantic. You know, his, his his roster outside of point guard is very good. Um, and if he adds a point guard, I think he could be better than the Bullets adding a point guard, you know. So it's uh, it's 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 all up to KN and Dump to make that move if they if they want to, to, to add a player to be truly competitive. Uh, Sean, out of curiosity, AI has been playing point guard for you, right? I know you have Mookie and you also have AI. I wasn't. Sh- I know they're both getting plus thirty-eight minutes on your roster. I wasn't sure which one was in what uh, one spot, but I- I'm kind of looking at it now. It looks like you do have AI playing at the two. Is that correct? Yeah, I've, I've tried playing him at the two so far this year. Uh, I don't know that that's something that's going to continue. It's something that I wanted to try out and see, uh, just because he had it decently high turnovers you know last year he was one of the league leaders in turnovers so i was looking at trying to get a uh distributor in there and and let him be able to just have the scoring freedom without the ball handling freedom or you know without having the pressure of the ball handling as well and hopefully cut down on some of the turnovers uh which it looked like it was working out okay at first uh but it's hard to tell just because then the team just really kind of went to shit once uh Purvis Ellison got hurt because I really yeah. just had no shot blocker at that point. Yeah, I don't know if AI if if Dump has approached you, but I I picked Dump to win the division uh, preseason. I I thought he would. I, I thought he was kind of bluffing with his love for uh for uh for Nappy. I thought he was just you know kind of just trying to puff him up so he can fl- swap him and get an upgrade at point guard. I guess there's still time to do it. I don't know if I would have jumped on the bosser thing, but I, I don't hate it necessarily. Um, you know, but I, I picked Dump to win the division. I don't, I don't, unless he makes another move like you guys have mentioned. Um, you know, uh, I think that I'm going to go with Heaps as well. I think uh, that Nets team is is um pretty good, and and I think that uh, it's it's probably at this point the clear um you know powerhouse of that that um. You know that the that division. I I agree with the assessment that KN is probably also in the market for a, a point guard upgrade. Even though, like I said, his team always delivers during the regular season, always at, at top of the division. Uh, let's move over to the Central. I, I've mentioned this team twice. It's not obviously they're not a contender. They're not going to be a contender. But I I'm kind of I look at their roster and I'm like, what the hell? Like this team should be a lot better. Am I crazy for thinking that the Bulls should be a lot better, or is are they just not that good? I mean, they have one of the they have Dutch, they have Harrison, um, you know, Michael Finley doesn't look like shit, I guess. I mean, they got Kevin Durant. You, you think they'd be a little bit better than a 6-14 and 14 team, but are they just not? I mean, he has a lot of money tied up, too. He's almost at the cap at $79 million. Um, I mean, should this team be a lot better than they are, or what's going on with the Bulls? Uh, Heaves, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think I picked the Bulls to win this uh, division going into the season uh, for a lot of the reasons that you just stated. I, you know, I was looking over all the rosters on the central division and top to bottom, this looks like it was the best. Um, so, you know, bet- between 
Haynes, Birch, and Harrison, you've got three great guards who, you know, you could put one at point guard, one at shooting guard, and one backing up the two of those. Uh, you know, Durant's great. Benjamin's pretty good. Sears is pretty good. I thought Theo Ratliff would be pretty good. Um, again, I'm 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 with you, Banks. I think it's surprising to see the Bulls underperform the way that they have. Not say that they would be world beaters, but you know the division's not the best division. Maybe it's possibly the worst division in sim league right now. And I thought the Bulls would be um, you know, the the tallest midget, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I I just. I'm astounded. I mean, Sean, uh, you know, your thoughts on the Bulls, obviously, um, you know, anything you'd like to add on top of there. I mean, I just, I, 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 I give Bruns a lot of shit and we don't always see eye to eye on things, but I actually thought he had a pretty good roster and I'm just completely dumbfounded at how bad they're playing. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you guys. I had, uh, looking at their roster and looking at everything beforehand, I had, uh, the Raptors picked as my team to win the division, but I, I fully expected that the Bulls and the Raptors would be competing for that spot. Uh, you know, and I thought that they would be looking at one of the top, you know, four or five seeds in the East. Uh, so I'm definitely surprised by what we've seen so far. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and touch on the East a little, I mean, the central a little deeper, Sean, um, your prediction, uh, who do you think is, who's the you know top two, three contenders and who you think is going to end up uh, ultimately winning the central division? Um, I, I had picked the Raptors, but I mean, you know, much like the Bulls, it's just, you know, not looking good. I believe you had picked the Raptors as well. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. The, the, between the three of us, we had the Raptors and the Bulls here. So it, it's definitely not turning out how any of us thought. Um, you know, I think the Raptors definitely can still turn it around there, uh, you know, closer to 500 than the Bulls are. So, you know, I think they may get up there uh, and at least, you know, be in the playoffs, but you know, Milwaukee right now and Charlotte are, you know, both doing pretty well. But, you know, Milwaukee is looking like they're in a really good spot to hold on and end up winning the division. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh the central division, your thoughts. Um, another team that just sticks out at me, and maybe I'll touch, get a little deeper, or you can get into it a little bit. But the Hornets, they're 12-6, and six, um, off to a great start, uh, only a game and a half out of the division, and RV posted a thread that he's having a fire sale. So. Um, head scratcher a bit considering there's teams that on paper look great and underperform and his team is not bad on paper and it's actually performing really well to you know try to get a fire sale uh your thoughts on the central and maybe touch a little bit on rv squad there yeah i mean uh on rv squad it looks like he has a lot of older players that you know are are going to be around a while uh dwight howard is coming off Sorry, I had to cough there. And again, Dwight Howard is going to be retiring soon. Um, Michael Smith is going to be reciting. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. Go ahead, Deeps. Clear your out. When you're ready, you come back in. I'm just going to touch on it a little bit. I mean, RV does uh, – I mean, he has his picks, so he could tank. Um, but he still has Clyde. I mean, he still has Scooney, who's still one of the top – you know, premier uh, point guards in the league. He's always he's he's great at what he does, and what he does is just distribute the ball and doesn't hurt you in any form uh, or way. I mean, he's not an elite scorer, but he's still a great point guard, uh, and he's still signed to a relatively good deal um, 
you know, it's not going to hurt you, and you're going to keep him through all his prime years. I mean, he's a, he's definitely a plus asset on the market if he's officially on the market. I mean, Michael Smith has all his upgrades, and um, you know, he's an, another guy that's a big time player. A, a little tweaking, and you could see him still being competitive. I, I thought it was odd. I gave him. I thought he needed a little bit of more depth, um, and I think that he can acquire it. Um, I'm just curious. There's an opportunity. The East is not um, a conference that I think has a overwhelming powerhouse that's just going to blow someone out of the water as the Sixers teams in the past were. I think the the Nets team a couple years ago, even last year. I mean, they were they're they're probably the best team, but I wouldn't say there's some sort of juggernaut that's just going to be unbeatable. So I mean, why not? Why not? You know. Add, I guess, you know, within reason, not the mortgage, but add some pieces and and go for it. I, it's open. I, I don't see why they wouldn't, but you know, RV has his own. It's his team, so he does what he wants with it. The Hawks are competitive finally, uh, a little bit. Um, I thought uh, I had the Raptors um, dumbfounded by why the Raptors are not winning, and then they just got McCarty, and he doesn't seem to be. Um, you know, his percentages. He looks like he's taking a drop, so that's questionable too. Um, I guess Bucks will end up winning this division by default just because it doesn't look like anybody else wants to grab it by the bull. But Indiana, I guess maybe lurking possible playoff team. Heaps, if you're feeling better, go ahead and, and, and take over and break down this, the central in your eyes. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that, Banks. I've got a little cost drop where I'm going now, so I hopefully can can take this. So the, the Hornets, um, I think you did a pretty good job of breaking down what they've got going at the roster. I mean, Michael Smith is great. I think – you know, if this is a fire sale or even just a sale, um, and our, and Michael Smith is available, any team that's going to have cap space to re-sign him but not have cap space to sign him in free agency would be foolish not to go after him right now, especially if you have dump bucks to uh, pump points into him. He's he's a good player. Um, you know, he's 31, so he's not he's not a spring chicken, but he's going to be able to uh, perform for the next few years. Um, Clyde is sort of the, the thing that's going to hamstring them. And Scooney Murray is still a good player. He's um, maybe on a contract I wouldn't like, given that um, his scoring rates are as bad as they are. But I think he'll he'll be a good player if someone's able to get him and put some points into him. Yeah, I think he still has some room to even be upgraded. So you could invest a little bit into his points. I I, I think when he first signed his deal, I was a little bit – I'm worried about him, but I mean, he just I, 12 and almost 12 and a half assists to under two turnovers. His percentages still are pretty good. Um, he, shoot, he he connects from the free throw line. His free goal percentage is solid. He just doesn't score a lot, but he does a lot of the other things. Uh, rebounds pretty well for a point guard, um, and and steals the ball at, at a, you know a top clip. So I, I don't know if his contract's going to be hurting, but if RV's really moving Scooney and you are in need of a point guard, I mean that's that might be a he might be a popular man. I mean, maybe he's going to take advantage of you know a market that's selling players, but they're not that great. And and now he has some guys that are you know very desirable, as you pointed out. He's Michael Smith, uh, lots of upgrades left in him, um, and he's an elite player in the league. Uh, those percentages are just ridiculous. Um, you know, uh, he's definitely someone. I mean, Clyde, he can just eat the deal himself if he's uh, if. Dwight retires or whatever. I mean, he can always buy somebody out. Uh, he can try to, you know, perform a buyout if he does move Scooney and he does move um, Michael Smith. He should have enough to perform a buyout at the end of the season, if possible. 
um, you know, if he gets enough assets. But hey, if you wanted to keep chiming in on the central, if you're feeling better, go ahead, man. Yeah, um, you know, I, I still am holding to my Bulls pick. I think that top to bottom, they're, they're the best roster um, in that division. The Raptors also close number two, but I'd, I'd give the edge to the Bulls. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that the Pacers are going to be able to do it this year. I'm, they obviously don't want to do it. Um, you know, they're not out buying players to try and compete. So I think it's between the Raptors, the Bulls, and the, and the Bucks, who are obviously winning the division. Um, but I'm 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 not completely sold on them with Frank Johnson. Um, you know, I mean, I think he's a, he's a good point guard, but um, not a division winning point guard. Yeah, I think, but I think one thing of the division that's sitting there, um, Trophy's going to be Trophy's going to be the most active GM to try to get his team better. Um, and I think that because of that, you know, I, I, I like I said, I picked the Raptors, uh, but I think the Bucks are going to win it just because Trophy's going to see that the division's there for him to to, to have, and he's going to attack it aggressively because that's how he GMs. He's an aggressive GM. He's going to go for it. He's always going to be competitive. And I think he'll end up, you know, making the correct moves. And 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 he's already, it seems, already hot on uh, uh, 20s trail to to pick up a certain player who just hit the the market. So, you know, like I said, uh, Trope's always an active GM, and he seems like the most. It, it, maybe our RW season opening. Obviously, he made a threat. He made a deal. He did uh, add a big guy to help out his defense a little bit, and it seems to be paying off a little bit. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't count out the the Raptors just quite yet. I think they they could turn it around here. But I, I think at the end of the day, the Bucks do do win this division. Um, Heaves, I'm going to keep it with you. Uh, give me your um, top. Uh, uh, give me your your cent- your uh, Eastern Conference um, eight. Who you think are going to make it, and then who do you think is going to win the Eastern Conference? In your opinion. Um, teams that are going to make it, I think, are going to be. I think the the Bucks. Um, the Bullets, the Heat, the Nets, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Raptors. What's that, six so far? Um, uh, I think you have everyone. Uh, uh, yeah, you have six so far. Well, seven, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so you got the Celtics. Yeah, seven right? with the Raptors. Yeah. And then I'm going to say eight is going to be the Knicks. So. Um, I think that, you know, of the current playoff teams, that leaves out the Hornets, who are selling, and the Pacers, who I'm just not sure um, why they're uh, winning as many games as they are. Um, <clears throat> so, and uh, uh, of those teams, I think probably the, the Nets, if I were to handicap it, I'd say the Nets, the Bullets, um, and the Bulls are your top three did I even have the Bulls in the playoffs? Shit, I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. Knock the Knicks off, put the Bulls in. That way my top three as far as uh, handicapping the conference winner makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. And, and who do you think is going to win out of the East then? Who's taking? Who's coming out of the East? Are you guys going to uh, come back out of that East again? I've got to be a little bit homerish and say the Nets. Again, I just think top to bottom. Um, I've got the, the best team, and I do have depth sort of backing up each position. So I think um, the Nets are, are, are going to be the top team at the end of the year. 
Sean, uh, we see the teams as is uh, right now in the East. Um, do you see that switching up a little bit like Heaps does? Do you see somebody making a run here? Uh, who are your eight teams that get into the playoffs, and then who do you think is going to win the entire Eastern Conference this year? Um, I would have the, uh, the the Bullets, the Bucks, the Nets, Heat, the Celtics, uh, the Raptors, and the Bulls. Um, I would go ahead. I mean, what I would have then is uh, I, I've got, uh, like I said, Washington and Milwaukee winning the divisions, and then I have the Nets as the three seed there, and I'm going to go with the Nets out of the East as the three seed. To win the whole thing. Yeah, to win the East. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with a lot of that. I, I'm with you guys. I think I think we're going to see – I mean, obviously, Trope's going to be the wild card. I think he can make a deal, and he's always active enough to, to sway things. And if there was going to be someone to, to be the dark horse to win out of the East, it would be the Bucks in my pick, uh, in my opinion. But I think the Nets are still probably the class of the East. I don't think they're – you know, not to say that they're, they're as good as it's going to get into the East. I don't think they're an overwhelming dominant team, but I still think they're better than everybody else there. Um, until RV actually performs a trade, I think he's gotten a grand total of three in like five real years of doing this. Um, I'm going to say the Hornets still make the playoffs. They have enough talent. Uh, Scene is believing. I know he says he wants a trade, but I just I, – I have a hard time – seen him actually complete a trade and then I have a feeling that if he does he's probably going to get underwhelming results so he'll probably just shy away from doing it um so I think they still stay I do think the Pacers won't make the playoffs I think they they do have Harden they do have Kuzi um you know so they have some you know their backcourt is solid it's young it's improving um their big guys are really talented he he drafted big guys like four years in a row so he has depth there um, I still think that he probably doesn't want to win, so um, I don't think he will make it. I think the Raptors will sneak back in. I think the Bulls are just too far under at this point to make a run back into it, um, you know, especially with the Raptors being pretty solid. Um, you know, So I think uh, I think the Raptors make it. I think the Pacers drop, and, and the rest of the seven that are in there, they stay in there in one uh, shape or form. Uh, but I do think the Nets are going to repeat out of the Eastern Conference this year. And with that said, let's let's swap over to the West, guys. Um, go uh, division by division. Um, we'll go to the Midwest division, which uh, sees the OKC Thunder and, uh, leading the division. It seems like they've led the division in this league forever. I don't think there's going to be much of a breakdown to the division, but I'll let Sean go first. Uh, your thoughts on the division? I mean, obviously, Thunder are going to run away with this. Uh, do you see anyone... I mean, right now the Jazz are within two and a half, but uh, do you think anyone gives them a run here uh, towards the end of the day, or is it just thunder, thunder, thunder? No, I just think it's going to be thunder, thunder, thunder. I mean, I know that the Jazz are close, that they're showing us two and a half back, but, I mean, they've they've played five more, and it's five more losses. And the Kings have played nine more, and it's nine more losses. Uh, You know, the, the Kings already have as many losses in, you know, at this point as the Thunder are going to have close to having for the entire year and, you know, possibly the Jazz too. So, I mean, you know, I just don't think it's going to be close. Yeah, I think uh, 20s is kind of also on that that 
pitch. He's he's put Miles Turner on the block, so it'll be interesting what he does there. He has a knack of putting pretty pretty good players and and flopping and swapping them for younger guys to extend a run. So it'll be curious to see what what he does with Miles Turner. But yeah, I agree with you. It's it's thunder, thunder, thunder. We'll throw it over to Heaps just to confirm what everybody else has said. I, I don't think you're gonna stray from here, but go ahead. Uh, your your take on the Midwest. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, in my opinion, no competition for the Thunder. Um, in years past, the Kings had been competition, but they've sort of taken a step backwards, which um, is evidenced by the fact that they have miles on the block and are trying to retool a little bit. Um, the Jazz, I, do the Jazz even have a GM now? Are they GM-less? But, you know, I mean, I, we'll touch on this before we sign off on the podcast. I think it's a work in progress. I would love to have Soup on there because I did want him to get into this a little bit and give us an uh, update on the Jazz. But um, I think at this point, we are still—they are still a compu-run team. They are—they are run by Soup. Got it. So you know, I mean, that's uh, not a team that I I can see. You know, really. Pulling off well, any trades, obviously, to be competitive, so yeah, they're not going to compete with the Thunder. Um, so, yeah, there's there's really nobody. When you look beyond that, it's the Rockets, who are still a couple years from being competitive, um, and then you get into some 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 bad teams. Tankers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll stick with you here, Heaps. Uh, a division that may be a little bit easier or a little bit more competitive, the Pacific, um, you know, Lakers sitting at top. Uh, do you think they hold on? It's a, it's a tight, tight battle there. There's like two teams within three games, um, even though one of those are the Clippers, and they've, they've played, uh, it looks like, a lot more games there. So basically two teams really within striking distance. And I think these two teams are also, I think, uh, when you break it down, the, the, the top two um, you know, uh, targets or rivals to the Thunder to actually knock them off this season. But go ahead, uh, your, your thoughts on the Pacific. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the Lakers and the Blazers are obviously the class right now of that division. Um, we touched on a little bit earlier that the Blazers actually lost Ray Allen and got better. You know, they were um, better at shooting guard this season than they were last, so that's a pretty impressive feat. Um, next is the, the Clippers. And, you know, I had said earlier that um, I would love nothing else than to move Mookie Norris at this point because I think – you know, I sort of have a couple of young point guards in the wings that I'd like to give an opportunity to. Uh, and the Bullets are, are a team that would be a good landing spot, but there's no way in hell I'm trading Mookie Norris to the Bullets. Whereas the Clippers, I think, are the other team. The Clippers, I think, came into the season wanting to tank and just aren't able to do it. Um, they, they don't have a point guard to speak of. Um, and that's really their only weakness. And you can tell they're 16-10 and 10 right now in a pretty competitive division. Um, so I think, you know, Dirt might be be wise to pull a point guard and try and go after that division crowd and, and challenge the Thunder going forward. Uh, Sean, your thoughts on the Pacific Division? Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, you know, obviously, as we know, that you know, the Lakers have been off to a strong start. Uh, did not expect that from the Clippers. You know, I thought that they would be, you know, uh, like you said, you know, they're not really weren't really wanting to win yet, uh, but uh, I was expecting them to be uh, one of the lower teams in the division. Uh, I was expecting more from the Sonics. Uh, you know, they've definitely been disappointing, especially after what they did last year. Uh, but, you know, I, I think uh, it's going to be the Lakers and 
Blazers fighting for that top spot, and I, I think the Lakers are going to hold on and win that division. Yeah, um, I, the Pacific, uh, you guys uh, mentioned it. Uh, he was, I don't remember a team losing an elite player or a top player at his position like Ray Allen and yet uh, able to replace him uh, instantly with a better, an upgrade, uh, and a long-term upgrade. I mean, Savage and Curry, if he's able to – I think Curry is um, – you know, yeah, Curry was re-signed. So, yeah, I mean, Savage and Curry for the next uh, seven years or six years is just uh, ridiculous. Um, that backcourt is probably the best backcourt in basketball for the next six years, uh, depending on what the Thunder do, uh, you know, cap-wise, if they're able to um, continue to keep, uh, you know, someone like Quinton um, or if they have to move him at some point just because uh, dollars are going to get tight. Um, you know, but uh, between Quinton and Aaron and uh, the the – two best backcourts, I think, in basketball belong in the Pacific Division. Lakers can make a case as well. So, I mean, obviously you see backcourts are vital in this league. Um, but, yeah, I think the Lakers, I picked them to win uh, in my preseason prediction. They're leading now. I, I think that's where it's at. I think the Clippers are just competitive. Just the, him picking up Cliff, um, he picked up uh, Cliff Alexander off of me. I think that was a really smart, wise uh, pickup. Cliff's always been a really steady big man. Um, he doesn't block a lot of shots, but he always shoots pretty. I mean, he's he does a lot of the other things well, rebounds. Um, you know, he also scores well. Um, he doesn't really pass the ball or turn it over all that much. And again, uh, he doesn't really block. He doesn't do much defensively, even though his grade is high. So I'm I'm always thought that Cliff probably has very high low post defense um, that you know helps him hold his own versus you know having the blocks and steals very high, but he also has Bob Pettit that he made a move for. Nulls was touched on earlier in the thing. So um, Heaves is 100% right. His point guard situation is, is pretty awful. So for him to be six games over 500 is kind of amazing and kind of shows the strength of his roster um, outside of that position. Um, you know, obviously he's a point guard away from really maybe to being in the mix with the, the other three. Um, the Warriors are led by our new GM, uh, Taco. Um, he's figuring things out on the fly. Um, they are where I think they should be, basically a 500 team, a couple ticks above. And then Yawn is, uh, you know, then we got uh, Yawn Yawning. So the Sonics are basically a 500 team where they'll stay. Um, everybody else at, at this point, I think, is, is either throwing the hat in or trying to get worse or reconfigure their team. But, yeah, I think the Lakers win the Pacific. Sean, I'll let you take uh, first aim of uh, the Western Conference Um the eight teams in, do you think they stay that way, or do you think somebody, um, you know, from underneath there makes a run? Uh, I, I personally highly doubt seeing anybody outside it maybe on sneaking in there. But your thoughts on those eight, and, and do you think, once again, uh, the Thunder are coming out of the West? Yeah, the only difference I have from where it stands now is just uh, the Sonics, who are just a few games behind the Rockets. I think that they'll take that. Uh, that they'll take one of the playoff spots as well with the Rockets out. Um, but, yeah, the, other than that, I think the rest of the eight that are in now would stay the same. And, I, you know, obviously OKC, and I don't see any time soon unless something big, you know, happened. I, I You know, that's who I'm going to pick to win the uh, conference. Okay. Uh, Heaps, are you going to roll the dice, man? Are you going to take somebody else, or is it still OKC? Um, I mean, so I, I, I'm with Sean here that the only team I see that's not currently in the playoffs in the Western Conference sneaking, not sneaking in, but getting in are the, the Yonics. Um, I think they're going to take the place of the Clippers, assuming 
that Dirt doesn't make a move for a point guard. You know, he has uh, 16 of his 26 games at home. I haven't gone through through his schedule, but I'd be surprised if a lot of those wins are against um, high playoff contending teams. And so, you know, there might be a couple of explanations for that 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 record. But given the weakness he has at point guard, I don't see the Clippers making the playoffs. So that opens up the spot for the Yonics. And uh, frankly, I don't see any other non-playoff team uh, out west competing for that spot. Um, so I think that's that's your eight. And then uh, who wins the conference? It's the Thunder going away. There's there's just no competition. Oh man, I, I um I, I I don't know. I think Dirt uh, he'll evaluate his, his roster. I think that he'll make a move for a point guard. I think obviously it's going to be talked about now that we've mentioned it a bunch on the podcast. I think in Shout it'll it'll gain traction. I think Dirt always makes moves. I think he will make a move for a point guard. So I I actually think the eight that we have are going to be the eight that we finish with. I don't think, uh, I don't know. I don't think Yon's going to make a move. I think he's kind of happy where he's at. He's, uh, I, I always like to say Eric is the East version of Yon. They're both 500 aimed to be 500 and happy. Um, you know, so I think the eight that we have is good and I'm going to say, fuck it. I'm going to say the Lakers are going to win the West. Uh, um, you know, they've, They've taken a big step forward this year. I think they've beaten the Thunder twice already this year. So two of the three losses for the OKC Thunder have come to the hands of the Lakers. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if they'll finish with the one seed, but I definitely think that they have an opportunity this year to knock off the Thunder. So I'm going to go Lakers. I'm just going to buck the trend. I'm tired of seeing orange and blue. I'm going to say Lakers are going to win it. I'll throw out my prediction. I think it's going to be Lakers and the Nets, and I think the Lake, the Nets are going to actually win their first title um, in large part due to, um, you know, Buster doing the, the hard work of knocking out uh, Super Twin in the playoffs. Um, so that's my prediction. I'm going to throw it over to Heebs to give me his uh, – I, I think you have the Nets in there and you have the Thunder – uh, having a rematch. This is the second time or third time that you guys have matched up in the finals. Is it's, that the, it's, the, it's the fourth time in five oh, years, fourth, if it happens. Okay. So uh, third the, time in a row. And I think that there's, regardless if it's the Nets, the Bullets, the Bucks, the Bulls, the Bobcats, the 76ers, the Pacers, the Celtics, the Hawks, the Hornets, the Heat, the any team in the East, any team in the West, the Thunder are going to win the championship. It, it doesn't really matter. It's the strongest team, um, top to bottom, without question. I mean, they have probably the two best players in the league in Aaron Harrison and Sharif. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good luck to the rest of us. Well, Heaves is not uh, particularly enthused or have much faith that anybody's going to take off the Thunder. Sean, do you think anybody can knock off the Thunder? Um, you have the Thunder, you, you know, obviously matching up. I guess you did say the Nets, right? So you have another. Yeah. You just you have a the the triple, you know, the tree the tri. Ugh, what am I trying to say here? The the three-peat of rematches, I guess. Um, and do you think the Thunder are going to three-peat against the Nets? I, I do. Sadly for Heaves, I think that he's going to have his third loss in a row to the Thunder in the finals and fourth in five years for his Buffalo Bills run. Ah, I was waiting for that. I was about to say, we have our own version of the Buffalo Bills. Sadly for Heaves, I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
All right, gentlemen. Well, before we end up the podcast, um, we've had uh, – I, I want to just – we always touch on new guys and GMs leaving and things along those lines. We lost Duck. Uh, we knew he was going to be uh, taken off at the end of the year. We also lost, um, you know, uh, MJ at one point. So JHB has come on and taken over for the Magic. Um, you know, Duck has gone, and uh, we have a, a new GM for the um, Portland Trailblazers, and that is um, Drews's friend. Um, he hasn't been on very much. I don't know if you guys have gotten to introduce yourself to him or seen him and shout. I think AO and, and also Drew's friend have been kind of low key as far as shout is concerned. Um, another new GM is taco salad. Um, <laughs> a lot of the guys know him from, uh, the main board fantasy sports leagues. He's a really cool cat and he's super active. So, um, tacos, a uh, big fan of taco. Um, just welcome those guys in there. I don't know if you guys want to take a couple seconds just to thank the guys who departed us or put any words on that and any welcoming words or initial thoughts on the new GMs. I'll let, uh, Sean go first. Yeah. I mean, I don't have, you know, having been in it for a short period of time, didn't have much experience with those guys. So, you know, thank them for their service. And it seemed like they kind of, uh, went out the right way and uh, kind of tried to lead their teams in pretty good positions. So thanks to those guys for doing that. Uh, as far as the new guys, welcome. Uh, you know, I'm kind of right there with you still. Uh, I know that uh, I was interacting at the, I think it was the first day, Drew's friend uh, got some interaction with him in the uh, shout. Uh, he's another Ohio State fan. So good luck with that, guys. Um, it's going to be a long year if we are in shout all the time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, that that's pretty much the only time I've seen him in it. But I, I know that uh, Taco Salad is very active in the Madden uh, franchise on the Xbox One. So I expect that he's going to be a, a very good uh, owner on here, a very good GM, just based on the experience I have with him from Madden. Yeah, his activity level on the board in the fantasy leagues like the Madden League is is off the chart. So, and he's already been uh, a very vocal member of our shout community uh, just his initial, um, you know, few days here. So, yeah, big uh, big fan of Taco, and definitely cool to see him here. And I agree with Sean. I think he's going to be a good addition. Heaves, I know you haven't been as in tune with the league with everything along those lines, but I know you know some of the guys, MJ and some of the other GMs that left us, Duck. Uh, any words you'd like to share to them? And obviously I know you touched on JHB coming back and taking over the Magic. Um, I don't know if you know Taco very much or, or Drew's friend that has taken over for um, the Trailblazers, but, you know, just your your, your initial thoughts. Yeah, I mean, uh, touching on the new guys first, you know, I've been around and shout a little bit when Taco and Drew's buddy, whose name is escaping me, have been uh, chatting in, in shout. It's good to see those folks being active, you know, I, I, I see AO um, around, at least on the forums once in a while, so that's that's great to see that he's checking in pretty regularly. You know, I mean, people don't always start out uh, being really active and shout. They sort of get their feet wet and then decide they want to really buy into being a part of Sim League, and so I have really good uh, hopes for AO as well. As far as people that have, um, you know, left, I, I, I like to duck quite a bit. Some people didn't like him, which I don't really understand, but um, I was always a big fan of Duck. Uh, we got along pretty well, and uh, he was a pretty cool guy, and, you know, um, didn't have a lot of great success GMing while I was paying attention, but never had a terrible team. Um, I understand he might have had some worse teams in the past. Um, and then Tupor, you know, I mean, I think Tupor is a good guy. I think we would get together, we would get along really well in, in, in uh, person. 
uh, I thought he was pretty shady, uh, colluding with Odin, and that sort of always will stick with me, unfortunately, just sort of, you know, one of those things that people's character shows through in moments like that, so I was a little bit disappointed, and not uh, terribly sad to see Tupor go, but always bad to lose a, 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 a good GM, but if we were going to lose a good GM, you know, I was fine with Tupor being the good GM we lost. Uh, yeah, I, um, have you gotten to see any of the new guys? Uh, just a little bit. I mean, you know, I, I, I've I've seen Taco Salad and I've seen uh, Juice's friend. When he first signed up, he was pretty active for the first day or two, I thought, if I remember correctly. And I was around for that. So, um, you know, I mean, seemed like good guys. Didn't, didn't really uh, interact with them directly, but was paying attention to shout when they were talking. It was good to see them uh, type in some keys and push an enter once in a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I just the guy that we left uh, that lost. Uh, I, I wasn't always a huge fan of Tupor, but it has his second run here when he got back active uh, under the Jazz. I actually uh, grown to like him quite a bit. He, I think he was acting much less cunty and 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 snarky and and shout. And I think uh, we were able to actually bond a little bit. Uh, I actually feel like it's sad to see him go. I, I I did think that he was one of the better GMs to have, and he was when he was active, he was really good and and productive. And I always enjoyed his articles and things along those lines. So it's sad to see him go. Um, never been a fan of Duck. Uh, forever, it's always been that way. Just we just or oil and vinegar, um, you know, just the way it is sometimes with certain people. But he still was always an active and, um, you know, a solid GM. I mean, he, he can't really he, – he, he was active and he's a good guy. So, I mean, as far as GM is concerned, and, and he was always doing his shit and never giving the commissioners, commissioner uh, any kind of problem. So he always yeah, uh, hate to see really, guys like that really, go. Really quickly, just to interrupt you before you get too far away from – from Tupor and his articles, something that I should mention for anybody who is listening or will listen in the future is that, you know, uh, Tupor sort of did a really cool thing with the the power rankings. You know, he did his own thing as far as what his rankings were and sort of what the tiers were. But I always enjoyed reading those articles, um, and I think that's a that's an opening for anyone who wants to take up that brand and sort of you know be the new person who post power rankings you know there's a few people who do a few different types of articles each year and um you know i always enjoy them and i think Tupor leaving that's maybe the, the 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 biggest hole it will leave in my sim life is that um we'll no longer have those power rankings articles so if somebody wants to take it upon themselves to put the hour or two into coming up with that list and a few uh, witty, clever descriptions of the teams, that would be a really, really great way to break up the monotony of a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Great point, uh, Heaps. Uh, his power rankings were always great. There's a, there's about a half dozen articles that are always really cool. I think I mentioned one. I mean, I like I always like when uh, you've done a free agent report. You've also done a, a post-draft grade uh, you know, uh, report. Those are always really good ones. I always like redrafts. Those are always fun. Mock drafts are always great too. Like things like that. And the power rankings that Tupor did, they were, they were, I think some of the, the better work. And, and I think guys actually really enjoyed them. There wasn't super shade being thrown at him. He was kind of given a, his, his legit, uh, you know, uh, feelings on him. And they were, they were pretty honest 
for the most part and but they were good i mean it's it's an opportunity to see you know what people think and so outside of hopping on a podcast it's another way to express yourself so new gms that may possibly be listening uh heaps is 100 percent right man that's something you can collect uh uh, some good bonus money and just update it as the season progresses. Uh, you know, great to point out. Hopefully, hopefully someone picks that up, as you said. Um, just to, to touch on some of the new guys. Well, one one team that's been open, obviously, Taco is our newest member. He's taken over the Golden State Warriors. The Jazz are still open, speaking of too poor. Um, I don't know if, Heebs, you were around when Soup found this other Sim League. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it. Sean, did you get a chance to look at it? I guess both of you guys, did you get to see that other Sim League and their whole setup at all, or uh, were you guys not around when this was posted? I was around when that was posted. I, I took a look at it. I didn't go too deep into it. Uh, you know, I, I went and looked at a, a few of their pages, but uh, didn't get very deep into it. Uh, how about you? Oh, no, I, I didn't see it at all. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I will it was, say that. It was nice looking. Yeah, I will say this for um, anyone listening at home to this podcast. I am a big space fan, so I I, I love like just just all kind of space things. I'm big into the main board thread that 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 posts all kinds of shit about Mars and exploration and stuff. It felt like I was looking at like Mars, another civilization. Like there's another sim league. They had a, a fabulous layout. It was so organized and it was so. Um, I mean, everything that you could want, it was so user-friendly. Um, you know, the site could have used a little bit of paint and touch-up and maybe gloss it over a little bit better. But it was it was a cool sim league. It was definitely different than what we do in the aspect as they don't have players randomly uh, built. They take their exact baseline, their career stats, and that's how they build them. And then you get to use them for 10 seasons, and then they go back into a player pool. In a way, it's a sim league to see Jordan in his prime versus Kareem in his prime and who would win a title based on the teams you made. I think they had something crazy like uh Sean was it like they had like 38 teams or something along those lines or something. They they had a lot of teams am I correct on that? Yeah, they had a they had a ton of teams cuz they had the uh ABA and uh NBA. Yeah, so there was a lot of guys in there um soup stumbled upon it. And he uh, made a couple of, uh, you know, obviously he's going to say it better. So I'm trying to get it as accurate as possible. From what I know, Soup went on there, uh, contacted a couple of GMs, uh, tried to get them to come over. Because I think at that point we had two or three openings and we were really looking for GMs. So he extended the offer. Um, Two of them seemed to be interested. Um, At one point, I think Soup was really close to getting one to sign up. But to this point, it's been now a couple of days, he hasn't signed up. So I'm going to guess that that's not going to happen, but we were close. Um, but maybe someone will be kind and, and post a link somewhere of that, that, that board because if you're a sim nerd, that was really cool. The interface was really awesome. You could literally find every box score. Uh, you know, they had all kinds of, like, milestones and everything broken down. It was really, really cool, um, you know, and it was a, it was just like, you know, exploring the universe and finding a, a whole new civilization. I guess that's kind of what astronauts would feel if they ever stumbled upon some shit like that. So um, it was really cool. Heaps, hopefully someone will post it and you can take a look at that. But, again, we're still one guy short. So, you know, anybody listening, if you have people at home that want to jump, you know, into it, uh, if Soup isn't going to get this guy officially reeled in, you know, there's the opening there. And with that, guys, um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch upon, but, you know, we powered through two hours, so um, that's pretty impressive. Um, and it was 
it was it was actually felt like a breeze. So um, I want to thank you guys for joining me as always um, onto the podcast. Wish we would have got some people to call in, but it's a Tuesday uh, evening uh, after a holiday. I'm sure most people are just settling back into real world stuff and and getting into the sim league themselves. So uh, hopefully for the playoff podcast, we'll have a power hour and we'll have a uh, you know a lot more shade, a lot more drunkenness, a lot of more. Uh, showing of our asses at that point but um this was a very very good podcast as far as uh dropping facts and dropping knowledge you guys did a great job so thank you both um as custom we we sign off by uh throwing shade or or just throwing some final words of uh you know uh to the to the masses so um sean you can go first man uh you know let uh let your two cents uh let your two cents come out man uh, still don't have too much shade to throw. Um, I know you brought it up earlier in the uh, podcast, but uh, appreciate the Texas pride and dump back and forth, just posting pictures of each other's sister on the main board. Everyone should check <laughs> out the Farva thread just to see that. Some nice-looking ladies, uh, sisters of main boarders. Um, and then the only really shade I have is just uh, Ank. When I was when I was doing trades over the off, or you know looking at trades over the off season. Uh, Ank kind of came at me and seemed to get a little bit angry over the fact that I didn't want to do his trade of, of Bossert and Ben Wallace for Purvis Ellison and KG, just straight up those two uh, and take on, you know, Bossert's a really good player, but he's an old man. And the fact that I wasn't interested in that trade seemed to kind of offend him. So uh, I don't know what the deal with that was, but I guess that's as close as I've got to shade so far. Yeah, I'm amazed that Ank would try to attempt to tra- uh, trade rape a new GM. That's that's breaking news, actually. Uh, <laughs> Heaves, <laughs> your parting shots, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's really funny. I was contemplating whether I was going to go at Ank here, and I'm just going to go ahead and and throw to throw it in there. I mean, last season, um, I was thinking maybe about going after Oscar, thinking that the Suns were basically done and that I needed an elite point guard to try and contend with the Thunder. And so uh, we had a few conversations, and you know, I sort of threw out, threw out the opportunity or the the possibility that I could give him his pick back in in thirty twenty five uh, plus some salary for Oscar, and that would maybe work out really well for both of us. And he came back at me with his pick plus Toby, which was just laughable at best. Um, it was it was an embarrassing offer from Ank, frankly. And now he's back at it trying to get his thirty twenty five pick from me because uh, I think he might want to tank. But um, you know, I'm not I'm not liking anything he's trying to offer. So not not at all surprising to hear that from Sean that that Ank lowballed him and was uh, offended by the fact that, that he wasn't willing to just agree to, to his offer. Um, I think Ank is in a pretty t- pretty tough spot right now, and he's in for a few years of, uh, you know, attempting to, to, to hit the free agent lotto, and, you know, best of luck to him. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty – it's interesting just the, the – even though we don't have deals posted in the league all the time and there's not a lot of – sometimes trades being posted there's still always a lot of activity going on and and one day it'd be awesome maybe to get what if trades if people jotted them down and where they were close or negotiations that that took place that never actually uh you know got fulfilled and posted but were interesting you know maybe movers and shakers i don't know if it would be ever 
possible to make a thread or uh, an article based on that, but it'd be cool one day to kind of get some of that stuff. Um, I know there. it looks like maybe JHB wants to call in, so I'm going to um, I'm going we have to a go caller from South Carolina. Well, then that um, possibly would be him, so let me get him on the line. I, I didn't check that, so let me see here. South Carolina, you are unmuted, and you are on the show. Welcome to the A-plus player podcast. Welcome. What's up, guys? I'm actually How's it going? Houston now, guys. Keep up. I'm not in South Carolina anymore. I've upgraded. You've upgraded, uh, but it still it still says you're from South Carolina on the talk uh, shoe software. I think they go by by area code, so you must be calling from a cell phone. Yeah, my uh, I still have a poverty area code. Yeah, yeah, that, that's rough. Better zip code. But <laughs> what's up, guys? JHB, is this your uh, first time on any of the podcasts? I don't know if you did an SPL's podcast, but is this your first time on a podcast? I think this is not only my first time on the podcast, but the longest I've ever actively listened to one. Oh, absolutely. So you've been tuned in and listening to us uh, bullshit around for a couple of hours then, I guess. Nah, I just I kind of came in and checked the board. And I, uh, I got off work, so I figured what the hell. Yeah. So uh, you were a little bit of a topic of discussion. We were discussing the fact that you weren't able to clear cap space. Did you just feel like, you know, it was just too much, the asking price from certain GMs to be able to clear that cap space to bring back your guys? Or, you know, kind of what was your thinking there? Um, the big thing for me was I could have given up a future draft pick for it and then he could have gone somewhere else. So I just figured I didn't want to take the chance and get burned and lose him and lose a pick. So I figured I'd just go ahead and start retooling. Yeah. Um, especially since nothing was guaranteed. I really fucked up signing him in the ball to that $6 million a year contract uh, the off season before, before really looking at what my long-term money was. But I had gotten offers for Emmanuel Mutier and the, the off-season then, so I figured he'd be easy to move. And then I get caught up working and really didn't try hard enough to find someone to move him during the season, and it bit me in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, Hebes or, or Sean, if you have any questions for JHB, man, go ahead. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any questions uh, per se right now, but, you know, I'll say it's great to have JHB back. You know, we had a couple of trade negotiations right before – he left uh, the last time when I was sort of a new GM, and I got to know him a little bit and uh, enjoyed working with him. So I'm pretty pretty uh, happy to have him back in the fold in Sim League. Right, right before I left last time, there was the infamous Zach Bird deal where there was some kind of stipulation where if Zach Bird didn't resign or something like that, something <laughs> resigning. And I jumped way down Heed's throat for no reason at all, and he's like, "Dude, I'm just joking." Yeah, it was pretty funny. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I, I get pretty frustrated with work sometimes, and so the internet sort of becomes my outlet where I get to <laughs> to get people angry for no good reason. Uh, some people call it trolling. I call it just letting off a little bit of steam. And I definitely did that with you, and I apologized for it. Uh, because I didn't, I didn't intend for you to take it as seriously as maybe you did, but I got, like, I, I got a good chuckle out of it for sure. I can't remember why, but I was all tight. I was just like, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> uh, I will say this: you won't be the first GM or the last one to have that opinion of JHB. If you only knew Sue's plight against him, it's, I mean, uh, against Hebes, it's, it's unbelievable the, the rivalry they built over a few phone conversations. 
yeah, it, it didn't take long for Heaps and I, or for, excuse me, for Soup and I to uh, to get at each other's throats for sure. Dude, I don't know how long you were going back and forth in negotiations, but that whole three-team deal, he fucking texted me and was like, I want to fucking blow uh, Heaps' brains out. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's fucking calling me on my, my fucking phone to talk trade, and he's just grinding me down. And I'm like, oh, all right, like, okay, what's going on? And then, of course, I got swept up all in it. But it was just amazing how the magic you did, whatever you want to call it, trolling or letting off some steam. But, oh, my God, you definitely had him grinded down to to dust at at one point, man. Yeah, I mean that that was not in in all in full disclosure. That was not at all trolling or attempting to grind him down. Uh, If anything, I thought I had you by the balls and could get what I wanted from you, frankly. Um, and had told Soup what I wanted and that I was going to do the deal once I got what I wanted, and I never got what I wanted. So, um, you know, I sort of miscalculated what I was capable of getting in return for, I think it was Khalid Reeves and, um, you know, getting back uh, Kittenfish and trading Kittenfish to you for William Donovan plus a pick, I think is what the deal was I was trying to pull off was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was not intentional, but... You know, I, I can see Soup's perspective. I had approached him with a deal of Khalid Reeves for Catfish plus Kittenfish, and he thought that was a great deal for him, wanting to get an elite point guard. And um, I wanted a, a landing spot for Kittenfish because I already had Yang. I didn't need another small forward, and so I was trying to find a spot to unload him. And uh, you know, that sort of that's that's how the the deal was unwound, I guess. Yeah, it took a life on it uh, of its own, so it's crazy. JHB, uh, any other word? I mean, any anything you want to share with us? Uh, your thoughts on being back? Are you pretty excited? Is uh, are you settling back in pretty easily? Were, were your thoughts on what the sim league looks like now versus where you left it off at? Um, the biggest thing has been, I can remember back in the day, uh, even the early years of this iteration of the league, that when you wanted to tank and you started selling off pieces, I could usually move people like that. Like, it was no problem finding a trade partner for anybody, and I'm just getting stonewalled everywhere I try and send messages now on guys that could be decent roster pieces for people. Just people people don't move first-round picks like they used to. Yeah, people don't make trades, period. We've we've hit a lull. I don't know if it's because of the Thunder being so dominant or what it's been, but it's been about, I want to say, five maybe six sim years where like it, we we went from you know trading picks and picks not having any kind of value to now prospects like recently drafted players having more value and still picks not having value so players were still being moved and now we've kind of just got a gridlock man like nobody makes really a lot, like there's not a lot of deals being done it's very usually just minor deals here and there it's tough to just get like role players or secondary players to be moved off i mean usually when you see tankers they're they're able to unload every single piece and just you know scorch the earth tank you don't get that anymore. You see guys that are keep bumping deals that just give guys away for free, and nobody even picks up these guys that are not going to cost them shit except for expiring dollars, and they don't even you know grab it. And maybe they just are beat down by by the thunder or what. But yeah, I I, I sympathize with your stance, and it's tough when you want to tank and move things. It's just there's not a lot of trades going down, a lot of activity to get things done. So. Um, you know, I, I think it's been noticed. The reason for it, and uh, everybody knows. I, Sean, have you been having those type of issues too? You're relatively new. 
Sorry, what was that? What issues? That just not being able to move guys as easily as maybe you thought or not really having much of a market for some of your players. I know that you had made a trade block last season and it didn't look like you made any deals. So I don't know if maybe just not a lot of activity or your thoughts on on on, on negotiating with different GMs and, and not getting much done. Yeah, it's definitely been more difficult than I thought it would be. I mean, you know, part of that is just that, you know, I the guys that I do have, you know, I, I don't think that there's – they're not in high demand. I mean, I know that I've talked to a few people. I actually talked to JHB. You know, we had tried to get a deal done at one point and weren't able to get it done. Um, that, uh, w- you know, we had talked a little bit. I was actually going to try to help him clear the cap space. So I apologize. I wasn't able to get get that worked out with you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it definitely has been more difficult than I expected it would be. I thought that by now I would have had made, a, uh, you know, a deal or two. But I know part of that has just been that I've been very – uh, very uh, stand, stand pat, standing pat, and just kind of taking it very slow. I, 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 JHB was very good with me that uh, when we originally st- started talking any trade at all, I, I even apologized to him and told him that you know I wasn't going to offer a counter offer just because I was still so new. I didn't really know the values yet. I didn't want to make a counter offer and him want to do it and then me back out of it. So uh, he was pretty patient with me with that too. So uh, you had mentioned that on the last podcast that you had told someone that. So I guess JHB was the guy you were discussing that deal with. Yes, it was. So yes, I know I gave him props for that on the last call for being working so well with me on that, uh, uh, that I, you know, I felt like it was kind of being annoying, but uh, he, he took it in stride and was good about it. Um, so Hopefully, uh, as I am starting to get more into the league and, you know, kind of paying attention to the trades that are going through, uh, then it will be something I'll be able to start getting some stuff done, hopefully, just because of the fact that I won't be so shy to pull a trigger. Uh, JHB, anybody in the – I don't know if you've taken – obviously, you're going to retool and, and tank it up here and, and and grab some draft picks down the road and make some selections. Anybody in the upcoming classes that, that pique your interest to see how they'll turn out in the league? Um, you know, there's some, some recent draft classes that have declared, so we'll be seeing some guys that we're kind of familiar with watching every day now. Uh, anybody kind of pique your interest? Um, Not in this upcoming draft. I've been a little disappointed at the pickings for the current year. I've been in my quest to move people really eyeing the uh, – I think it's the 08 draft class that's coming up in 2026. That's the one I'd like to have a lot of picks in because I love that draft class. But um, there's a couple young players in the league that I was really interested in, uh, especially at the end of last year when I was trying to look to make moves and maybe give up some first-round picks to get some younger players to add around Buck. But uh, I'd talk to you about Stackhouse, and I talked, I think, to Sean a little bit about Kevin Garnett and some other young guys, but nothing really happened. Um, yeah, I was in I was in between on what I wanted to do with Stackhouse because I I felt like he was going to take that next step this season and then I I don't know I always overvalue I guess my roster and think I'm closer to being competitive than what I was um, but it seems like <laughs> if I would have kept him and kept uh, Paul with Edney you know blossoming this season I probably you know, with so many teams deciding to tank, I probably would have been competitive. But, you know, I was just in between what I wanted to do with Stackhouse. And then when Dump basically is going to send me a guaranteed lotto pick along with, you know, three other possible, four other possible solid picks, 
you know, I, I had to jump on that deal, um, you know, overall. But I, I was close to helping you, at least trying to help you out to to clear out some space. But um, I think in Shout, I don't know if it was Hebes or maybe it was Faison, they made it seem like you guys were pretty close in getting a deal done for like a 30-26 pick or something like that so you could bring back Buck. But um, I guess it just didn't work out at the end. I was kind of surprised that the deal didn't go down for for that. But, um, you know, I, maybe it was just Faison making it seem like it was a lot closer than what it was going to be. I don't know what yeah, exactly happened with that. I pretty much set the price of that year's pick, and he was like, well, I'll make it happen for thirty twenty six, And I didn't really ever respond to that. Yeah. And then at the point, I think, was when he started posting and shout, like, hey, you guys know he's doing all this to try and clear cap space because he's trying to resign Buck. And then after that, no one really was interested at all. Yeah, he killed your market very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that tends to happen. People tend to roll into shout. And, I mean, it's competitive. Every GM is competitive. If he probably felt like if he did that, he'd pin you into a corner. Um, you know, some other GMs have done that in the past with other guys, and it's worked out. So, um, you know, it would be interesting to hear Faison's take on that if he was – if he's being a little grimy, because Faison seems to be a morality per- police. He always likes to be, uh, you know, he likes to call out people who do anything sort of shady. I think he's been on Heat's case in the past. So um, I'd be curious, maybe on the next podcast we'll get Faison's tank, take on, on why he, he went that route and kind of took your legs from underneath you. So we'll be interested to hear that. Um, guys, anything else for JHB or JHB yourself? Any, any, parting, any, any parting words? I guess, guys, do you have anything else for JHB? No, that's it. Thank uh, as far as I have. Uh, thank you for calling in. Yeah, yeah man, appreciate you guys hanging on yeah. for a while. Always enjoy having a good talk about the sim league. Unless yeah. it's soup on me at four a.m. talking about ex-girlfriends and why he's so drunk. <laughs> Fortunately, that hasn't really happened in a couple months. Oh, I think that might be uh, I, our late night shouting has has definitely taken a fall since um, our agent GM has retired and and gone off in the land that nobody can find him. Uh, he completely uh, fell off the uh, fell off the face of the earth. Maybe he was in that explosion that happened in China. God knows what the hell happened to that kid. But uh, he's been on the main board though. So I mean, has has any? I, I think Faithon tried to contact him maybe. And he's been posting on the main board again. So has anyone gotten in, in touch with him? Faison, I don't know if he was being serious. I don't think he was. But Faison claimed that he tried to reach out to Ian to come back and that Ian didn't return any of his uh, overtures. I think he said that he emailed him and he also PM'd him um, on the main board and that he didn't return any of those, uh, you know, uh, you know. Uh, olive branches, I guess. He just was not interested in coming back in. But again, I don't know if Faison was just bullshitting just to make a joke and shout, or if he actually went out, uh, out of his way to do that. But um, we do have an opening, so the Jazz are open. It's a Midwest team. He may may want to jump back into it, especially if he's posting back on the main board. Obviously, whatever family issues he had, you know, is is cleared up enough where he can talk sports and bullshit on on a on a message board. So you know, who knows? Um, where so, he's at with it. As someone who was gone for weeks or months or however long it was that I was out of the league, what are the prevailing theories on why he actually left? Because I just know he popped in one day and said something was going on and then appeared. Uh, Hebes, you, I, I don't think Sean was around uh, for Ian, so uh, Hebes, do you want to take the first crack at it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have 
any reason to believe one thing or another. If I had to, like, you know, if you pinned me down and said, you know, tell me what you think or else, I think I'd have to say he probably either, like, got a negative review at work or was fired or, like, somehow his job was in jeopardy and he realized that he spent entirely too much time uh, doing work hours, fucking around on Sim League, um, and that he decided to get his priorities straight and focus more on work and less on the Internet. That's, you know, sort of the the most rational explanation for someone going from, you know, 60 to zero as quickly as he did. Yeah, he wasn't even. Yeah, he wasn't even at sixty. He was like one twenty. But the other thing, the only reason why I don't know if that's the case is he always would brag that he basically works in an office all by himself that never gets checked upon, and he can just sleep during the day and not do anything all the time. So, um, you know, either he was flat out lying and he was just kind of, you know, uh, looking for attention in that way. But it was just he always would talk about how his job was just like cake. So, um, you know, he blamed it on his family. I don't know if uh, it's just random. He never even mentioned his family at all. So, you know, God knows what's up with that. But I, 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 Heeb's explanation, I guess, is probably the best and what most people kind of figure what happened to him, you know, something job aligned. But yeah, he's, I have no idea. I think that he built a really shitty roster towards the end and maybe he just didn't want to go through the route of rebuilding it. Um, you know, I there was also um, the point where they were looking for a new commissioner and Soup stepped in and maybe Ian got overlooked and maybe he got offended. Who knows with that, too, um, you know, what happened with that. So, uh, God, nobody really knows. Um, JHB, what did you think? I mean, I know you said you stopped in, but what do you think now that you're kind of easing back into it, what what might have been? Oh, well, my, my conspiracy theory is horribly, horribly racist and stereotypical. Because I just assumed his father found his account and told him he shamed the family and he was forced to quit. It's <laughs> 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 funny. <laughs> so with with that horrible, horrible piece of racist nonsense, I'm out of here. I'm going All to right. uh, laundry and take off. All there. right. Sounds, sounds good, JHB. I appreciate you calling in. And in the future, we have these podcasts like – you twice a season, so if you ever want to co-host it, you're more than welcome to hop on. Um, I, I open it up to everybody. I like to rotate it. It's 5K, so you can pump it into a player down the road, stash it, do whatever you want. It's it's pretty good for two hours just bullshitting with your friends about shit that uh, that's kind of meaningless. But uh, anyways, it's an easy way of not grinding away and doing articles. So you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Uh, gentlemen, you all gave your parting shots. I, I appreciate that. Uh, my parting shot to the league is I hope my son doesn't think that he can stay in this fucking dog cage the rest of his life because that's quite <laughs> fucking annoying at this point and the dog uh, needs a place to sleep. So that's not cool, Maxon. Down the road, if you ever uh, uncover these archives of your dad's podcast, um, you know, remember that I, it's all in love and, uh, you know, I did have to embarrass you some. Anyways, Sim League, uh, we'll be back for a drunken podcast down the road here for the playoffs. Um, I have, and, uh, I have one last go. parting shot. Go ahead, Sean. I, as as the now as the new Asian owner, Asian GM in the league, I, I'm offended by that, and I'm going to start taking parting shots at JHB. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: um, as a resident heel of the league, um, you either love me or you hate me. There's kind of no 
in between. Um, being a, having a rivalry is always fun, and it makes the league even better. And and just uh, going back and forth with people, it it does make the the league go uh, make the league a little bit more enjoyable. I I tend to enjoy getting into arguments just to get into arguments. They can take a take a stance that might not actually make much sense, but it's a way to blow 45 minutes at work that's death right now and you just want to get your mind off of shit. So um, rivalries are good, plus you get to throw shade on podcasts, and that's <clears> also <throat> awesome, and we all get to laugh. So, yeah, definitely if you and JHB can uh, spark a rivalry, you can always come on here and talk endless amounts of shit. We, we clearly endorse it, just like Red's Apple Ale endorses our podcast. So uh, with that said, good night, folks. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you the next time around. <laughs>